To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. Things are really changing. There are good people here. People across North Carolina are proud of the fact that the Democratic Party chose to have a convention here. Don't lose hope no matter what they say, because things are starting to happen. But one thing about South Carolina you can always count on, we're always going to surprise you. In fact, I've always been proud to be a Democrat. We need to recognize that we have an opportunity here in Georgia to take back this state and make it blue again. I think Texas is not only going to turn blue, it's just a question of when. Now that will tell you that we have progressed. Join us as we explore the Southern Progressive Revival. Hello, everybody out there listening, whether you are returning or you listen to us uh, or listening to us right now for the very first time, I would like to welcome you to Southern Progressive Revival. This is Jonathan Matthews, your host, and joining us tonight, we have a very special guest host, Deba from Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, and we're very, very happy to have her, and just so she feels at home here on our program. She comes with her own sponsor. So let's go ahead and hear that. And now, Roma Wines, R-O-M-A. Roma Wines present. Deba Kell, thank you so much for being on. Well, thank you for asking me. Well, it is an absolute pleasure, I have to say. And I uh, can't wait to get you involved in the conversation tonight. I can't wait myself. There you go. <laughs> All right. And uh, joining us, as always, is Janet Lee from Lake of the Ozarks area, Missouri. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back, and welcome to everybody that's new. Yes, indeedy. And, of course, we have him on for the top of the show this time because he was off today. Adam Hebert, the host of Mike Check Radio from Enterprise, Alabama. Hello. All right. Thank you so much, everybody, for being here, everybody out there in Chatland, everybody just listening. We have some incredibly exciting news. Uh, you may have noticed that Lisa Chapel is not on the air tonight, but there's a very good reason for that. Lisa, right now, is live at the Bernie Sanders speech in Greensboro, North Carolina. So what we are going to do is go ahead and call her and get her on. Hopefully she'll be able to answer her phone. Uh, but she is the very first person from Indie Media Weekly to get an official press pass. So she is back with the press corps. She has been banging them around and holding her own. So we are going to go ahead and <laughs> <laughs> add her to the call here. And hopefully we will get to hear the excitement that's happening in Greensboro right now. Well, I like the dialing sound. I know it's <laughs> it's pretty exciting, huh? I just didn't have the impact that we had hoped for. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Okay, let's see if we can do this. She's so excited. I know she she's doing such a great job, and I'm I'm so glad that she gets to do this because she's well, such she... a huge fan. And I will say that this this helps advance the network because this means, for example, my show does a lot of nerd stuff. And this means that, for example, we can make a serious case to get press passes to, say, a major anime convention, which will help with expenses when it comes to covering stuff like that. See. You know, well, for example, I wanna to, anime I want to go to Hillary's. 
So when she gets <laughs> to <laughs> Jeff City. Yes. Oh, yeah. Is that pretty close to where you are? Yeah. Last time she was in Jeff City when she ran. So that's about an hour and a half north, straight north. Well, I am actually having a hard time figuring out how to do this It <laughs> in a group call. <laughs> oh, the dangers of live radio, everyone. Um, I can try add, uh, if you type her phone number in the chat, I can try adding her because I have a paid account. Okay, great. Do you do you have that? Um, I bought Skype credits, so. But there it is. It's so, it again. <laughs> so Adam will now be trying to add Lisa into the call. All right, I lost my headphones again. One second. Okay. Oh my so, gosh. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what keeps happening. <laughs> All right, so uh, in in the interim, while we're waiting for Adam to get a sound back, um, we do have a lot of good news for you tonight, like I said. Uh, So this is pretty much our leadoff for gentlefolks and situations. Uh, You know, seeing this many people excited about a a Democrat, and not just a Democrat, but somebody who is a self-professed Democratic Socialist like Bernie Sanders, seeing him in North Carolina with a packed auditorium, which is the news that we got from Lisa a little bit before the show started, is incredibly, incredibly exciting. And I, th- I think it speaks volumes to the fact that we are really seeing some significant changes here. Well, and it was kind of cool because she said at first for a while she was by herself in there. And um, then with the press people and they had them on risers and she was so excited. And, she, you know, they have two risers where you can take pictures and stuff and she said if they didn't let her in, she was going to elbow them out. So. <laughs> I know. Just get right in there. Exactly. Adam, are you back up with us yet? Hello, Adam. Yes, I'm sorry. I can, okay. Like I said, we'll try. I can try if you give me. Okay. Uh, because you have to have a paid account to do that. Okay. So let's see here. All right, we are trying to dial her in, folks. Okay. Yes, I tell you. There we go. What the? Okay. I almost thought I heard Muzak stuff going on here. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, there we go. Yay. We are calling. So let's see if she picks up. Verizon ring back on while your party is reached. It seems like... All right. Oh. We get to listen to classical music, y'all. <laughs> I hope she'll pick up. I know. I hope so. She, she may be otherwise indisposed, and if that's the case, that's fine. Uh, the show must go on either way. I believe we have a box of Lisa Chapel. Oh, Please no. Leave me a okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we... Sh- probably we can't hear her phone ring. Yeah. Probably. I'm sure that it's pretty loud in there. I would uh, think so. I mean, it sounds like a, it's going to be a packed house, so... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so we will try to get back in touch with Lisa here in a little bit. If that does not work out, uh, then that is perfectly fine. We have plenty of great news to bring everybody out there who is listening. And we have Janet, Adam, and Deba here to bring you along for the ride. Yes. So, 
without any further ado, other than the very fantastic news that Lisa is live at the Sanders event, and she will be reporting on that more in detail next week, and we'll have lots of pictures that we will be posting um, up on the Southern Progressive Revival page on Indie Media Weekly. Uh, we had some news this week uh, from Equality Louisiana and Louisiana Trans Advocates. So this is some news from down Louisiana way. And there was a news report that started all of this off, and I will go ahead and play that first bit of audio for you now. New at 10 tonight. Turned away at the Office of Motor Vehicles for not looking like a man. Our Kevin Fry explains it happened to one person in our area. It's such discrimination to the point where, like, you're just, you feel so powerless. Alexander Glover identifies as female. Born a boy named Dylan, however, her birth certificate still says male. That proved problematic on a recent trip to the office of motor vehicles. There to get a new ID card, Glover was turned away. If you have makeup on or anything like that, you're supposed to take all that off because you are actually a man. Our employees um, cannot take a photograph of someone who is portraying themselves to be somebody that they are not. Okay, so as you can see, uh, this young lady went to the DMV. Uh, she attempted to renew her license, which is something that she has done on numerous other occasions. But this particular time, they decided not to issue the ID because they stated that she was misrepresenting her gender. But they now, had allowed her to pass prior... They had. They had. About yeah. And it's it's just something that, you know, that sort of inconsistency, the way that that goes. And there's more audio to go with this, so we'll go ahead and get to that, because this touches on that a little bit. Um, and this next audio in particular is a, a gentleman down in Louisiana trying to explain away why they showed prejudicial treatment towards... Ms. Glover. And here we go. Glover was wearing makeup and a dress when visiting the OMV, a red flag for the clerk. Since 1986, state motor vehicle policy has stated that at no time will an applicant be photographed when it is obvious he or she is misrepresenting his or her gender. I'm not misrepresenting my gender. I mean, just because it says male on my ID shouldn't matter. Louisiana Commissioner of Motor Vehicles Stephen Campbell says representing one's gender is a safety issue when on the roads. This is all based on the law enforcement need to identify someone if they're stopped uh, as a result of a traffic infraction, if they're involved in a serious crash. However, Glover's says how she looked at the OMV is how she looks every day. So removing her makeup would have, in fact, made her look different. You should look like what you look like when you take your ID picture. All right. So uh, as you can see there, Mr. Glover tried to give a explanation uh, stating that it was important that the appearance on the license match the gender of the individual. Um, of course, as Ms. Glover said, and I, I think that it's a very important distinction to make, um, you know, she's not misrepresenting her gender. The, this is the gender that she identifies as. Uh, this is a incredibly antiquated policy, and I, I think that it's extremely sad that she had to experience this. Well, you know, we... we no, she shouldn't have to experience it, but is are we seriously surprised? You know, these are people, you know, a lot of these people that have decided that they're going to use their little meaningless position in government 
to an, you know, they're basically acting like a mullah. Mm-hmm. I, I think you know. that that's a, I think that's a really good way to put it. Um, do you have any thoughts on this, Deba? I agree with Adam. Uh, they, these are like probably states that have wanted to pass anti-Sharia law, and then they're acting sort of the same. Yeah, exactly. It's like um, it's like Kenny says. You know, it's like Sharia law light, where <laughs> they want to use we're the Christian version, but it's we're the good ones. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's absolutely atrocious. Well, is this a small town too? I mean, if she's gone in there and goes around um, showing, you know, being a female, dressing, and all that kind of stuff, people know her. So yeah, why, yeah, all why of would a they turn are... on her all of a sudden like that? Yeah, that's what I'm not understanding. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and you know, it it really makes you wonder if it's not backlash from uh, the recent movements that have been made towards getting us closer to equality for the entire LGBTQ community. I think some well, of I, these folks feel emboldened by what they've been seeing. Mm-hmm. By, you know, and Robert in the chat says, Christian Sharia for your own good. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, typically conservatism, you know, we, we talk about this all the time on my show, but conservatism is typically founded on an extremely authoritarian mindset that basically says, I know better than you do, and you should have to do what I say because I'm smarter than you, I have more money than you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yep, absolutely. And it's But they it's object terrible. when another religion does the same thing to their people. Oh yeah. I mean it's it's freedom of religion is perfectly fine. It's as very long as it's Christianity. Can, yeah, we said it before. They, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Freedom for me, not for thee. That's the conservative mindset. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so we have one more clip. This is our, our longest clip, but this will this will wrap this up. But after this, we actually have some good news, which is why we are presenting it at the top of the hour here. So let's go ahead and finish up our audio and see what else has to be said. The individual uh, clearly was appearing to be female uh, and was making himself up to be female in spite of the fact that his driver's license was to a male. That's like saying, you know, there's certain things that you have to look like in order to be this gender, and that's not true. Not everybody in this world has a beard. Not everybody here has a mustache. So how do clerks at the OMV identify how a man should look? We don't have specific guidelines for that, you know, just other than obvious kinds of things like a male wearing a dress. In fact, on previous trips to the DMV, Glover was photographed and received an ID card. My hair was a lot shorter and I didn't wear as much makeup as I do now. And I'm guessing I thought that was more socially acceptable. It is subjective. It, 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 it clearly is subjective. Glover has uh, still has not gotten an ID card. We also looked up state policy for changing gender identity on a license. Louisiana requires a statement from a physician stating the individual has successfully undergone gender transition in order for a new ID card to be issued. Okay, so, I mean, as you can see there, there is no, th- this this policy exists without a way to enact it. This, this policy is built entirely on what society sees as appropriate for gender roles. And I think that that in and of itself is, is just incredibly vile, even beyond the transgender community. Uh, you know, people that 
would choose to i mean i know i know men that wear makeup uh what if there was a woman who was who preferred to wear shorts and a t-shirt and had short hair uh would would they turn her away as well i mean yeah i mean what if all of a sudden you decide hey i had long hair i'm gonna cut my hair short all of a sudden are they like well we don't recognize you as the person that you used to represent yourself as Exactly. It's now it's I just sort of changing the style a little bit here, you know. <laughs> that's basically all she's done is like she's wearing a little more makeup and maybe changed her hair a tad, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I I mean, I actually did that. I, did, I cut my hair from being down to my waist to where it is now, and one full swoop, and it was you know, people kind of it was abrupt, but nobody like tried to take my license away from me because of it, you know. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, just it's an observation, but you know. know. Yeah, it's just it's just mind numbing that something so arbitrary would exist that they that anybody that's just having a bad day could yeah, could like, point. Hey, I'm a kid, and I'm deciding I want to be a goth guy now. Hey, you know. Yeah, exactly. I'm black and whatever. So you know, no, <laughs> they're not going to do that to everybody. So yeah, they're just trying to pull something in this person. Like I say, I believe they think that they're seeing other people get away with it, and they're going, oh, well, if they hassle me. I'll get a, you know, I'll get funded or I'll get some politician behind me, hopefully somebody like a Huckabee or whatever. So. Oh, I'm sure yeah. he would be more than happy to jump in. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Pick but, another song to get sued by. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Find one. Mm-hmm. He he can just go through their whole soundtrack and, you know, I, I would have no problem seeing his his campaign go broke. Uh, he can do a Rick Perry. I think we'd all be happy to see that. Yes. <laughs> Plain but, and simple. Yeah, absolutely. But the good news, and I'm sure you're all wondering why, you know, we, we sent you all of this audio, this this terrible situation that happened to this young lady in Louisiana, uh, this clearly prejudicial policy. Well, the great news is that Louisiana Trans Advocates and Equality Louisiana have come together to fight not only for Ms. Glover, but for everyone. And they stated that they acknowledged that no one should misrepresent themselves or aim to deceive others when taking the photo for their driver's license. But transgender people are not trying to deceive anyone. They only wish to live their lives as who they are. And that was said by Matthew Patterson, Research and Policy Coordinator for Equality Louisiana, the statewide group of gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender advocacy organizers, in a statement. Um, So these two groups have come together for a like cause. They are presently working with the Louisiana OMV, which is the organization that dispenses driver's license for the state of Louisiana. And they are working with them to change this policy. Um, to bring it into the modern era, the OMV is cooperating. And they see that there are indeed systemic issues with this policy. And I don't know about you guys, but I think that that is some tremendously good news. Yes, it is. It really is. And, I mean, they have to figure out, like they're talking about the the surgery i'm assuming that they've gone through whatever mm-hmm. so would they turn down caitlin jenner is what i was thinking while you were talking yeah. about it well no she's famous and she's a republican 
And rich. <laughs> and apparently she's not, apparently not thrilling people lately from one of the articles I read today. Yeah. Oh. An interview saying things like, you know, she does not like the gay marriage thing, things of this nature. Huh? Just aren't quite gelling with folk, you know, so. Yeah, I read oh, about that. Wow. And Ellen was just so Yeah, I think they were flabbergasted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and oh you my. have to wonder. <laughs> so, that. But, uh, yeah, she, she, spe- I mean, I, I, I don't take away from the fact that what, what she did was brave. Um, I know that going through this process is, is extremely difficult. I mean, especially when you live in a society that still holds so strong to, to gender norms and you do that. But, you know, she's she's still got a touch of the conservative in her, and I, I hope that she does see the light at some point. Um, that's really all that I can say. <laughs> yeah. Touched by conservative, a new horror film. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one, Adam. And an absolutely terrible fate, I have to say. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, leave it to Adam to dream up this kind of thing, huh? <laughs> Indeed. That's why we keep him around. Pay him the big bucks. (laughs) Yeah, that big zero. We're rolling in it, aren't we? Oh, yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, that's... I I just think that it's terrific that, you know, Louisiana is a very, very red state. uh, Even more red since Katrina, when there was a massive population exodus. And... Just the fact that they're willing to sit down with these two organizations, that they're willing to update this, it's it's superb. It's it's awesome. And, you know, it's it's something that has to be addressed because, like, like Caitlyn Jenner, there are so many transgender individuals that choose not to go through with the reassignment surgery. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. So and it's completely within their right to do so. They they should be able to express the gender that they are. And whether or not you have a penis or a vagina, it it doesn't matter at all. So bravo to these folks. I think that they are doing a terrific job. I cannot wait to hear more about this as it develops and we will bring you updates here on Southern Progressive Revival as they are available. Yeah, good story. All right, so moving on to our second bit of good news for the night, and I believe that Janet is a little bit more about this than I do. Uh, A federal judge allowed a lawsuit to proceed against Louisville Gas and Electric. And Janet, if you would like to take it away, I will cede the floor to you. Well, thank you. As we know, so far, the gas and oil companies have pretty much gotten away with everything. No matter how much damage they do, they just keep on rolling on. And for once, we have some good news. The Sierra Club and Earth Justice, they filed a lawsuit against LG&E for ongoing water pollution. What they had done was place cameras along the Ohio River showing the constant flow of pollution and the damage to the river. They wanted to be able to prove it, to take it into court and prove it. And I think these cameras were put 
um, they're kind of on the sly. I'm sure the uh, LG&E probably didn't know about it. But the permit for LG&E uh, allowed for infrequent discharges into the river. Earth Justice attorneys stated there was high levels of mercury in the river in an area that was already high with mercury and it caused fish consumption advisory. In other words, the mercury was so high they were telling people not to eat the fish there. You know, don't, cat, don't eat the fish you catch. So the company of the discharge stated the discharges were legal, they were infrequent, um, and that was just a descriptor. I mean, come on. You know, infrequent can mean different things to different people. Mm-hmm. And Kentucky Energy and Environment Cabinet was the entity that issued that permit agreed with LG&E. However, their permit expired in 2007 because Kentucky Energy and Environment Cabinet knew, knew the damage that was happening knew there was stuff coming out, and they didn't want to give them another permit. But they said that was an oversight. However, part of the thing that the Sierra and Earth Justice are saying is, if you thought that this was so infrequent and great, you would have renewed their permit, but you didn't. So this Kentucky or this judge said there is evidence to say this was not infrequent, this is causing damage, so and you did not um, give them another permit. So get your evidence and come on back to court. And, of course, Kentucky Energy and Environment Cabinet hasn't made a comment. So I was pretty happy to read this because it is saying that we're getting tired of this. You know, you all have to start paying for the damage that you're doing to our environment. And this Kentucky judge agrees, or... This federal judge is saying, yeah, I think we need to take a look at this. Absolutely. And I I really feel, and we've seen this with Duke Energy, and we've seen this with several other things uh, in the the South in particular, we we do have a big issue with corporations taking advantage of the sort of lax standards that local governments have. And they're they're finding loopholes. They're trying to find ways around. Um, and we, we have issues like coal ash, and we have issues like this. And the the fact that something's finally happening about it, the fact that people are fighting back, the fact that this in particular is being allowed to go to court, I think is is terrific news. It's, it's really, you know, the people of Kentucky deserve this. They don't deserve to have their children playing in a river that has high mercury levels. They should not have to worry about where they fish because of the irresponsibility of these individuals. And, and the only, it's terrific. Yeah, yeah, and I'm a little bit concerned. I'm, I'm not quite sure how this is going to work out because part of the river is on the Ohio side and part is in to Kentucky. But nevertheless, a federal judge said, yeah, come on, <laughs> this isn't cool. <laughs> so given... Yep, it is. And, you know, that common sense is something that we desperately need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts yeah. on this, Adam? Uh, no, I, I pretty much agree with everything that's been said. I, you know. That is great to hear. Well, I will tell you what. We are going to go ahead and go to a 
go to a break. Um, we are going to introduce you to a new Jeff Farias song called In My Time of Dying. So if you enjoy it, please let us know in the chat. Uh, when we return, we are going to try to get Lisa on the line one more time. Uh, once again, if you are just now listening in or have just recently, uh, she is live at the Bernie Sanders campaign event in Greensboro, North Carolina with full press access. So we really do hope we can get her on the phone and we can hear the roaring crowds. Uh, if we can't, then uh, you know we will definitely report on this more in depth next week. Uh, but for now, we're going to break and we will be back with you very, very shortly. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. And we know Democrats support the working men and women of this country, so we understand hard work. So let's talk a little bit about ideas and how we reclaim ideas that we know win in red states. Southern Progressive Revival at Indy Media Weekly Radio.
Well, hello there. This is Kenny Pick. Thanks for listening to Indie Media Weekly. Be sure to check out my show, Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. For those who dare. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. We're the people you see every day in the grocery stores we obey the laws we pay our taxes we fly our flags on holidays and we plot along trying to make it better for ourselves and our children southern progressive revival at indie media weekly radio all right everyone we are back here at 7 30 eastern uh, joining me, as always, is Janet Lee from Lake of the Ozarks area, Missouri. Hi, and welcome, everybody. Yes, thank you so much. And, of course, our very special co-host, Deba Kell, uh, from Turn Up the Night, a resident of Lodi, California. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank- oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to have you here. And Adam had to reboot, so he'll be back with us momentarily. But I am going to go ahead and attempt to get Lisa back on the call again. Uh, If she doesn't pick up this time, this will be our last attempt. Uh, But we did want to at least get you some of that live audio from the Bernie Sanders rally. So let's go ahead and give it a try one more time. Okay, we are dialing in. Here we go. <laughs> Please answer. Answer, answer, answer. I think she forgot about us. No, no. You've reached the voice. All right, so we were not able to get Lisa again. Uh, we we don't know if she has perhaps gotten into a fight with a fellow photographer, or if she... <laughs> having fisticuffs right now. Yes, indeed. Uh, or if she's just caught up in the speech. I'm sure that it's very loud in there right now. Um, it's completely understandable. 
So uh, anyway, we have Adam back in the call. Adam, can you hear us? Yes. All right. Well, welcome back, Adam. And of course, you cannot escape your weekly fate. We are going to go ahead and play your jingle, sir, which I know that you love with all of your heart and soul. Adam Hebert, a true Southerner. You want a piece of this? He's a lunatic. I'm telling you. Because you are absolutely, unconditionally, positively the most stubborn person I've ever known in my life. Adam Hebert, a Southern denialist. Forget about it, please. Of course, I'm just visiting here. He's crazy. There's no telling what he might do. Adam Hebert, from wherever, on Southern Progressive Revival. I will dance on your grave for that. <laughs> oh it's gosh. cute, Adam. It's so you. It's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> that I don't deny. That doesn't mean I have to like. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, it was a ton of fun to make with Kenny, and uh, just being able to torture. He must have been really angry with me on that night. <laughs> But yeah, being able to torture you with that jingle every single show is a, a unrivaled pleasure, Adam. So I think I might be getting sick. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Just heard from Lisa. Week. Okay. Yes, uh, she said that uh, asked if it if we tried to call and it said it's not picking up. Hmm. Do you think we should give it so, one more try, guys? I say rocket and turkey. Okay, we will give it one more try. She said try again. Okay, we are trying right now. You should do that then. We will. <laughs> Come on. You can do it, Lisa. Fingers crossed. All right, we're back to the classical music. We don't have the answering machine. Hello? Hi, Lisa, how are you? I'm good. That's awesome. So you were live at the Bernie Sanders event. How does it feel? It is awesome. He is standing on the stage right now as we speak. Yeah, he has given his speech, and the crowd loves it. All right. The crowd is going crazy. That is so great to hear. Can you hear him? Can you hear him? I can. Can you hold your phone out? I know. Well, we can kind of hear him, but yeah, about yeah, every other word. Yeah, <laughs> not very no. well, unfortunately. Okay, but uh, really, Lisa, I just want to congratulate you for being the very first member of the Indie Media Weekly family to go and report live as press like this, and thank you so much for doing it. Thank you. I got some great pictures. <laughs> oh. Well, we can't wait to see them. Um, now, I, I know you're tremendously excited to be there and that you are a big fan of Bernie Sanders. Um, I know that you can't give us a raw number of the people there, but can you give us sort of a sense of the of the mood of the yeah. crowd? Is it really electric? Is Yes, it is a packed house, and I would dare say that there's over 6,000 people here, maybe more. Um, we are, he is speaking to a packed house. That is terrific. People have fun, and they are very, very excited to be here. There we go. 
I can hear the applause. <laughs> yeah. Can you hear it? Yeah. Every it's now a... and then you, you you can hear his voice, but you can't really make out what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's I've so pretty exciting though. Yeah. So so how are you holding in there as far as uh uh other photographers trying to battle you for floor space? I've been, I've been elbowing them. Just <laughs> <laughs> throwing <laughs> elbows. <laughs> Um, I've got some great pictures. I really do. That's awesome. And we will make sure to uh, get all of those out to you who are listening. They will be uploaded to our page on IndieMediaWeekly.com. Um, okay. All right. But uh, I don't want to keep you any longer. I know that this, this speech is probably super exciting. Um, yeah. But I, I will let you go. But uh, I hope that we can get a full report from you next week. Absolutely. I'd be, awesome. gr- be glad to. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Well, you have a great rest of your evening, Lisa, and enjoy that Thank for so all much. of us. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Have a great night. All right. Bye. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye. 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 All right. Cool. Isn't that cool? <laughs> Rather difficult to understand, but it was. Yeah, I mean, we could understand her. But. You could tell it was his voice, though, and I heard the cheering, so the yeah. crowd sounded yeah. excited. I know. It's so great. And, and I mean, in, in North Carolina, of all places, I mean, you know, Obama carried it by the slimmest of margins in 2008. Uh, so so the fact that, that he's here and he's able to draw that kind of a crowd, and this is short notice. He he only announces a week before the event um, is really amazing. Wow. So. That really is. Yeah, I I am so happy and admittedly just a little jealous of Lisa for being able to be so up close to Bernie Sanders as she is right now. <laughs> but like I said, this is, again, she, she is just the first step. You know, her getting these credentials is just the first step. It opens up so many doors and it means we can make serious cases. You know, it starts with Bernie Sanders and then one day it could end with who knows. Hillary. I could, I Hillary. Could, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, Jenna. Well, I mean, there there uh-huh. are nerdy interviews I dream of having. Jonathan can attest that one of my dreams is to interview Chris Sabat, of an anime mm-hmm. voice actor. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. And and hopefully this will be a step in that direction. I think that this is uh, great day, for the Adam, station. Um, I'm I'm super happy that this worked out. Um, I cannot wait to hear everything Lisa has to say next week. I hope that you all stay tuned for it. Um. But we have a little bit more news to cover here before we go on to our interview with Lauren Mayer from Musical Mayhem. Uh, She will be on here in a little over 15 minutes. So once we come back from our next break. Um, So we better clean this place up is what you're saying. Yes, absolutely. We need to get rid of all the all the terrible, terrible filth that you have amassed, Adam. I have to pledge the dust (laughs) rags. <laughs> well, 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 how did this become me? But it, it's always, <laughs> it's always you, Adam. Adam. Come on, <laughs> because you're fun to pick on. Come on, I, I am very pickonable. You are. It's it's one of your one of your most uh, amazing qualities. Charming. I have to say, enduring yeah. qualities. <laughs> charming. That's what makes you charming. Yeah. Yes, indeed. I agree completely. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, so it would not be another episode of Southern Progressive Revival unless we discussed the much-beloved, and I say that with as much sarcasm as I can, Kim Davis from Kentucky. Now, of course, as most of you know, Kim Davis is the Kentucky clerk who decided to stand on her quote-unquote Christian values and refused to issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples following the Supreme Court ruling. Uh, Kim Davis went to jail. We reported on that last week. Uh, It was tremendous news. We were happy to see that both judges in Kentucky and on the federal level were not going to stand for her bigotry and the fact that she was not doing her job. Um, She was let out, uh, unfortunately. Um, That was a little bit disheartening, I have to admit. But I I am pretty confident that she'll probably end up back in there again soon if she does not change her ways. So um, Adam had a few choice words to say about her last night on Mic Check Radio. So if if you would like to rehash sort of what you said and and where you think she's heading and what she what she's doing, you're more than welcome to do that. Well, first of all, I think it's pretty clear she's getting some pretty bad legal advice from her lawyers. They're just using her as a tool. And, you know, I don't have sympathy for Cam Davis. She gets whatever whatever she gets, she deserves. But the fact matters that if her lawyers told the, this judge that she would not interfere with the issuance of marriage licenses to get her out, and her first act on getting getting out is to, you know, interfere, that's not just contempt of court. That's perjury. And that carries criminal uh, uh, penalties because uh, contempt of court isn't a a criminal offense. It's a it's a civil offense. Uh, but perjury is a criminal uh, offense. And uh, again, if she or her lawyers lie, my understanding is her lawyer said she would not you know she was still not happy with the situation but that she would not interfere with the issuance of licenses and then of course they turn around and they say eh, no uh we're going to we're going to do just what we told you we wouldn't do that like i said is perjury and if if this does happen she need she needs to go to jail for a long time because Absolutely. we need to send a message to these people who think that they're special and that you know the law doesn't apply to them we need to send them a message that if you break the law, you go to jail, just like any other person. Your 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 Bible is not a get out of jail free card. Absolutely. And I mean, this is certainly something that the right has tried to spin to look as though this is an attack against her her liberties, against her religious liberties. But this is just plain and simple her not doing her job, not not listening to the courts. Um I think that she got everything she deserved. She will probably get a whole lot more down the road. Uh, she will certainly deserve that. Uh, but Deba, I'm curious. I know that you guys on Turn Up the Night have talked about Kim Davis uh, a few times now, I believe. <laughs> um, now, Kim Davis, of course, uh, wh- one of the things that we like to bring up here on the program is that an issue that a lot of Democrats in the South has is that a lot of us realize that there's sort of a a predominant assumption about the the psyche that we all share and kim davis's bigotry and homophobia you know a lot of people look at that and they 
they see it and they think, you know, oh, well, this is how all Southerners are. This this just is not a friendly place. Um, and of course, there are people here that feel that way. Um, that's that's an undeniable fact. But, uh, you know, for, for we progressives, we, we Democrats that are here and are growing in number, um, you know, fi- fighting that, that sort of a assertion is, is difficult. But um, what, what do you think about the whole Kim Davis situation? And do you think that Kim is representative of the South as a whole? I hope not. Um, you know, it, it, when you see that type of thing and you don't live there, it makes you worry about visiting there and letting those folk know that you are from, say, a state like California. Hmm. Um, but the fact that she has a job that she works for the government and she's taken an oath on her little Bible or whatever to do her thing, she says she's not going to do it or if she doesn't do it, she shouldn't be doing the job. You know, my husband worked for the government. They had to get fingerprinted, everything. If he didn't do all the little facets of the job, he didn't keep the job. You know, you have to do what you're, you just, you, you promise to do. That's why you get a good paycheck. Yeah, absolutely. And she wants that paycheck, but she doesn't want to do the work. Exactly. She and just she wants really to. is, <clears throat> excuse me, trying, I think, to, I think she's trying to get, now she's enjoying the, her 15 minutes of sunshine and, uh, you know, she's enjoying it a little too much so oh yeah and uh i'm i'm certain that she will definitely be getting a lot of money out of this one way or another <laughs> but yeah see i don't like that yeah it's it's absolutely terrible i i am at least happy to know that gofundme changed their policies so that she yeah. cannot go that route so that's that's very good news mm-hmm. um but we do have some good news to go along with this Planting Peace, which, if you are not familiar, is the organization that purchased and painted the Rainbow House across the street from Westboro Baptist Church Compound, just erected a billboard in Kim Davis's hometown. And that billboard reads, Dear Kim Davis, the fact that you can't sell your daughter for three goats and a cow means that we have already redefined marriage. <laughs> I thought that was a great sign when I saw. Drop the saw. mic, walk away. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean this this is just I, I I absolutely loved it. And Aaron Jackson, the president of Planting Peace, told the Huffington Post uh, that the intent of the billboard is to expose how the anti-LGBT movements um, are selective in what rules they follow, how they choose to define traditional institutions or values. Um, and it's true, you know, the, the way that we have moved forward as a country, the fact that we legalized, um, interracial marriage, the fact that we moved past seeing women as just property, um, shows that, that marriage has been changing for a very long time and for the better, and I really do not think that you can make a rational argument that LGBT uh, equality, allowing them to get married, giving them this basic human right to be equal with everyone else, is anything but another evolution of that cycle. Yeah. Well, and, and these, these cafeteria Christians, I don't remember who came up with that. But these cafeteria Christians who go along picking and choosing what parts of the Bible, you know, 
the, the the Old Testament penalty for homosexuality is the same as the Old Testament penalty for eating shrimp, stoning to death. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it for divorce, the words, Adam? And I'm pretty sure it's stoning to death too. In in the words of uh, Jerry Garcia, everybody must get stoned, and not in the good way either. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sure, I'm sure I just stole something from John Fugelsang. <laughs> well, we can hope that John Fugelsang will not listen into this episode of Southern Progressive Revival. Um, <laughs> I think he'd be a good get for Dan yeah. Yankee. He 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 would be fun to have. It would it would be enjoyable to have a conversation with him. I have to say. Um, but yeah, I, I really I love the fact that Planting Peace has done this. They are just. Kenny said. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Kenny said it was Bob Dylan. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I just, I, I, I can't believe that I messed up that horrible, or I, I, that I messed up that that pop culture reference. And I guess I'm going to have to go commit hobby kitty now. Yes, horrible? indeed. Uh oh. You can do it during <laughs> the break, right? No, no, no. I mean, I horribly messed up. Is what I'm saying. Not. Bill and Adam, not Garcia, Kenny says. <laughs> I, th- I, I don't know. Yeah. Dylan's still alive. I'm yeah, sorry. he's alive and going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Gotta love the Dylan. Now now we but, have to hope John Fuelsing's not listening to this because he's a huge Bob Dylan fan. Oh yeah, you're toast. <laughs> <laughs> they will That's hang it, you out man. to dry. Game over. Game over. Exactly. They're gonna hang you out to dry, sir. That's all right. Just make sure to mute mute your mic before you go through the Hada Kitty route. Uh, wouldn't want that to broadcast live on the air. I, fi- I figure yeah. it's worth at least one full ratings point. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> That's Adam doing whatever it takes to boost our numbers here on Indie Media Weekly. Hey, here's a knife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Deva helped, too. She's given him a stoon for the knife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, that was hilarious. I apologize. Uh, sort of got off track there. But, um, yeah, th- this is just, uh, I think this is superb. Um, there are... There are a lot of LGBTQ youth in that community um, and the world taking their lives due to the hateful messages that they're receiving. And it's it's difficult, you know, growing up right now. I mean, we we think it's so easy to think that, you know, that decision was sufficient, that the fact that gay marriage is now legal uh, is going to take care of all of our problems. But in the same way that the Civil Rights Act was not nearly enough to create full racial equality. I, I really, truly feel that this is not enough to get us to where we need to be for the LGBT community. Well, and the thing that, to me, overrides it all, which the reason that, you know, this story kind of caught my interest, is I'm a huge separation of church and state type um, person. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions Kenny had asked earlier was if he's an atheist accountant in her court 
does that mean he doesn't have to sign her paychecks? I mean, <laughs> how far how far are we going to go with this stuff? There's a reason there's a separation between the church's business and the state's business. Mm-hmm. You know, we still have a lot of work to do to end discrimination. And for everybody, because if you can discriminate against one group, there's nothing to stop you from discriminating against another. Period. Well, well, part of the problem is that we have this notion that you don't have to check your faith at the door when you work for the government. Yes, you do. When you work for the government, you work for everyone. Everyone who pays tax dollars pays your paycheck. Therefore, you do not get to pick and choose who to serve based on your faith. So, yes, you do, in fact, have to check your faith in at the door. Yep. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. And I'm tired. And that of, coming tired from of someone who has also been a, a military slash government sponge oh. pretty much all our lives, right? It, it, it frightens me when these generals flout the UM, UCMJ and go to these partisan Republican events in uniform. Because if, so we, were enforcing, yeah. if we were enforcing the UCM, UCMJ like we did with Gordon Kling and shit, uh, they would be in, locked up in a military brig for a very long time because it is against the UCMJ, the Uniform Code of Military Justice, to mm-hmm. promote partisan causes while, you know, as a member of the military. As a private citizen, you're free to do whatever you want. But when mm-hmm. you show up to these events in your uniform and say, as a general United States military, I support your insurrection, that becomes treason. That be, That's a violation Absolutely. of the UCMJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah. See, and I love it when you and two have these conversations. you're supposed to know that when you're in the military. I, I'm yeah. sorry, Jonathan. Oh, no, I was just saying that I, I love it when you two have these conversations. Uh, the, the night we got to do overtime together on Turn Up the Night with Deba and Kinney, um, the fact that you are, are both military brats, I hope that's not an offensive term. No, um, not at all. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, but... Brat. But yeah, the fact that you're both military brats, that you come from that background, that you can speak from there, um, from personal experience and everything that you've seen, I, I think is 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 awesome. Um, and it certainly gives you a much clearer perspective of the difference between um, people that are are fighting, that, that have, have registered to do that, have signed up to do that. And people like Kim Davis, who is just a simple county clerk and cannot yeah. follow yeah. the same rules and regulations that our military does. I, I don't understand how she thinks that she has the right to be above. To well, be you above know, um, with a, like my husband, he's retired now, but he was an air traffic controller, another federal government job. Huh. And you have a lot of sensitivity training Meaning, you know, you better get along with your people. And you don't get to treat the women different. They're doing the same job as you. You don't get to discriminate against anybody that's maybe believes differently than you. You you have you guys all work together as a team. You do your stuff. And you had to go through different classes to be able to, you know, continue on. And it was mandatory to do these things. And it's just, I mean, I can't believe that her, again... As a, having person, a person doing this important job is not told, okay, now part of being a sworn, you know, clerk, mm-hmm. here are your duties. And here are the things you can't do, and here are the things you will do. You know? 
Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't you, agree, I guess it's time to scamper off to your other job, you know, at the absolutely. church or whatever. You know. or, or Hobby Lobby. I'm sure they'd be more yeah, than happy to take her. Hey. <laughs> Would certainly be no skin off of my back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, we are going to run to another break real quick. Uh, this break will include the Hightower Report, and he has another insightful and amusing report to bring to you this week um so once we get done with that when we come back for the bottom of hour two we will have on lauren mayer from musical mayhem and being the opinionated jewish mother that she is we know that she has a whole lot to bring to the conversation so do not close that tab do not change that dial we will be right back here on southern progressive revival you're listening to southern progressive revival have been the instrument of change in the past. We know what needs to be done. We know how to do it. We know that we can impact policies which affect education, human rights, civil rights, economic and social opportunity. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. A wacko billionaire plutocrat tells us who to support for president. I'll tell you who. Today on Hightower Radio. You know your presidential campaign is in a heap of hurt when you need Tom Perkins to defend your, quote, abilities, intellect, and talent. But there Perkins was in the New York Times recently, having bought a full-page ad attesting to the presidential worthiness of Carly Fiorina, one of the gaggle of 17 GOP seekers of the White House. Fiorina is best known for being dumped as CEO of Hewlett-Packard, having driven its stock price into the ditch and having fired 30,000 workers. She had recently been the subject of a Times article about her, quote, not-so-sterling corporate leadership. So she did indeed need an emergency buff-up on her image. But by Tom Perkins? That's like asking Donnie Trump to redo your hair. Perkins, a billionaire venture capital huckster, was an unknown until he burst upon the American public early last year with a loud, self-pitying whine. In a letter to the Wall Street Journal, poor Tom wailed about, quote, a rising tide of hatred of the successful 1%. Moving from merely crotchety to paranoid nuttiness, Perkins blathered that the, quote, war on the American 1% is like Nazi Germany's war on its 1%, namely its Jews. He was, of course, roundly ridiculed for wailing that billionaires like him are victims, and he was widely denounced for comparing criticism of the wealthy to the unspeakable horrors of the Holocaust. But even public humiliation couldn't cure his malignant narcissism, so he was soon back in the news with, quote, the Tom Perkins system to relieve the plight of the put-upon rich. Voting, he explained, should be like owning stock in a corporation, with rich taxpayers getting more votes. You pay a million dollars in taxes, you get a million votes, says Tom. This is Jim Hightower saying, why would Carly Fiorina want a public testimonial to her competence from a wacko plutocrat like Perkins? Hightower's commentaries are brought to you by the Hightower Lowdown, the monthly newsletter with Hightower's populist take on what the powers that be are up to. Find out more at HightowerLowdown.org. Join me for Inside Indie Media Weekly with Kim Williams. Right after Turn of the Night with Kenny Pick, Tuesday nights at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, where you'll find conversations with our show hosts, contributors, and listeners. Get the latest station news and discover new indie music we're playing at Indie Media Weekly Radio. 
So join me for Inside Indie Media Weekly at IndieMediaWeekly.com. This is Adam Hebert, a man with breathtaking anger management issues. And I hope that you will listen to my program, Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert, live every Saturday night, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Fuck yeah! Every week on Mike Check Radio, me and my co-hosts, Rob Poole and Kenny Pegg, will talk about the week's news with righteous indignation, facts, and a large dose of comedy. Inconceivable! Join us as we try to answer the question of just how many Republican douchebags there are in Washington, D.C. It's over 9,000! <laughs> we'll also crown our assholes of the week during our program. You are the leading asshole in the state. Finally on our show, we'll also talk about the latest in news from video games, comic books, film, science, anime, and manga. All for your entertainment and learning pleasure. Well, that sounds really shallow and stupid. Let's try it. Don't forget, that's Mike Check Ray with Adam Hebert, live every Saturday night, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, and only here on Indie Media Weekly Radio. For those who dare. Oh, and Cranker demands that you listen to our program. <laughs> you are crazier than a crap fight in a monkey house. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. And knowing the world as I do, I can tell you without any equivocation that the number one abuse of human rights on earth is strangely not addressed quite often is the abuse of women and girls. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. All right, everybody, welcome back for hour two of Southern Progressive Revival. In case you are just tuning in, uh, welcome. We are happy to have you back, or if you are listening to the first time, we are happy to have you here. It's joining me as always, and I would like to go ahead and make this announcement real quick before we bring Lauren on, is our Ms. Producer, Janet Lee from Lake of the Ozarks area, Missouri. Oh, hi, everybody. Hi there. Thank you so much. <laughs> and Ms. of course, producer. yes, Ms. Producer. <laughs> she has just been so invaluable in getting an incredible lineup of guests coming on uh, in the future. Um, you really, really want to stay tuned because really Janet knows everybody and having Janet here <laughs> Southern Progressive Sometimes Revival is amazing. you want to go where everybody I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, as you heard the musical stylings of Adam Hebert from Enterprise Alabama. Hello. Hello, Adam. And our very special go-host brought to you by Roma Wines, Deba Kell from Lodi, California. Good evening, afternoon, wherever yes. you, guys, you guys are. I guess I guess you guys are. I guess if you're in the south, you're mostly evening. eastern, central, eveningish. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Are you but, central uh, time, Janet? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's when I post. I keep putting central because mm. <laughs> a lot of the people that are on my Facebook, you know, are from what? Yeah, <laughs> they're central. <laughs> mm. I want yeah. him to show up on time. <laughs> yeah, I know that that confuses a lot of people. So I, I think that it's good that you put that out there. But we always try to append Easter. So, you know, hopefully that gets out there and people see that. But without any further ado, we are going to head and get Lauren Mayer onto this phone call. 
I have really been looking forward to this interview. Uh, of course, interview last week with Ms. Williams, owner and proprietor of Indie Media Weekly, went very well. And that was super fun, I think. So we will wait here for Ms. Mayer to answer. Hello, Lauren. Hel- hello. How are you doing yes. this evening? Oh, you've got me. Good. Yeah. Yes, I'm great. Been listening to the program and enjoying it. And looking forward to talking to you. Well, thank you so much. But we could not start this segment without playing the introduction. So real quick, let's give you some good old Southern hospitality. You know that I- And that is not good old Southern hospitality. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds pretty cool, though. I know, right? That was that was the audio from last week. Okay, so I do not have that drop. Pray me in or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we we were praying for your arrival, Lauren. I'm Uh, here. Yes, thank you so so much. So Lauren, of course, is the host of Musical Mayhem here on Indie Media Weekly. Um, she became a friend of the show before we even launched, and has been kind enough to share her topical comedy song of the week on our Southern Progressive Revival Facebook page um, every time that it's released. So uh, for doing that, Lauren, I am so, so thankful. I absolutely love your show. And the fact that you were able to take time out of your busy schedule to talk to us uh, is truly an honor. So thank you so much, Lauren. Thank you. You're going to make me blush. Good thing it's radio and not audio, uh, not um, video. (laughs) (laughs) Or or is it? Oh. Yes, there may very well be a live video feed. We do have Lisa on location at the Bernie Sanders event, so we could have somebody out there in California. So you never know. (laughs) Wish I were there. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it would be exciting. Um, So, Lauren, we really, we have a whole lot of questions for you, but I really wanted to start off, um, of course, when, when we first talked before the show even aired... Um, you know, you, you said that you like to help people in red states as much as you can. Um, those of us who, who are here, who, who feel the pain, who are trying to fight against it. Um, and of course you were from a very bright blue state. It was not always that way. Um, but, uh, I just wondered if maybe you wanted to say a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, actually, I mean, part of it is the frustration of knowing that basically my vote doesn't count in California because it's such a solidly blue state. But on the other hand, I grew up in Orange County, which is the red state in the middle of California. Mm-hmm. And particularly when I was growing up, there were even fewer Democrats there than Jews. So I was definitely a fish out of water. And, you know, I was one of the few, there were like three of us in my high school who were trying to get votes for McGovern back in 72. And... You know, I know what it's like to feel like everybody around you is crazy and you can't believe that they're actually voting for the idiots they vote for. So I feel your pain based on my experience as a child in Southern California. So um, and then I would start I was posting my songs on Facebook and I would get messages from people in other states saying, you know, thank thank goodness for your songs you helped me get through this you know it's nice to know there are other liberals out there because my neighbors think i'm nuts and so it it was wonderful to have an opportunity to contribute to to the southern progressive site and to the program absolutely and i've just enjoyed everything that you've released so far and uh thank you it's it's been absolutely wonderful so uh since you are in a i suppose a a red patch of california 
Um, no, I grew up there. I live outside San Francisco now, so we are definitely. Oh. I am in liberal people central. Patch. Yeah, <laughs> you're the one. You're in Lodi. I'm, yeah, I'm in Lodi. It's freaking red. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, there's they're farmers, you know. It's, yeah, as they say in Blazing Saddles, you know, common clay of the New West, morons. Exactly. But you don't have to go far to find the liberal side. You know, we do have right. Sacramento and San Francisco area. So Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, around here, oh, golly. Yeah. No, we're all pretty liberal here. I have a friend who used to be a Republican. Actually, she is switching to independent just because of how cycle her party has gotten. But she used to sort of have to change the subject if politics would come up because especially I'm not just in San Francisco, I'm in theater and music. And so you just assume everybody in theater is extremely liberal because most of us are. And so, mm-hmm. so the, the poor Republicans in the Bay Area sort of had the same problem you do. But on the other hand, we're right and they're wrong. So Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's yep. a handful of us, but gosh, you know, it's very difficult in this town. Yeah. Oh, we'll come to San Francisco anytime. Okay, I'll hop on the BART. They got it fixed yet? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Working uh, on it. Yeah. I'm sure that they'll get it there eventually. But, um, Lauren, I, I have to ask you, um, of course, your, your, your songs aren't only just funny, and, and they are, but they really touch on a variety of issues. We, we've already discussed Kim Davis a little bit. Mm-hmm. But when you came out with your homophobe tango, <laughs> God, I love that one. <laughs> Thank you. Oh gosh, I almost felt felt fell out of my chair. So, uh, <laughs> so how do you what what sort of process do you use? How how do you combine that sort of creativity and 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 performance and and writing it with? with um you, you know everything that you do how how what is is there some sort of a magic formula that you use do you do you have a muse hidden in your closet somewhere or is it just all the raw talent of lauren mayer oh thank you i it's a combination of things i've been doing this actually and i'll start posting some of my back catalog on the facebook page i've been doing this for three years i started in august of 2012 and been doing it once a week since then and what it started with was during the Republican primary in 2012, I was getting really pissed off and I started, I was following it because I follow politics and I would scream at the television and my husband and sons were like, you got to find a more, you know, a better outlet for your frustration. And you need so a hobby a, mom. I know. And I had done, I'm a songwriter. I've been writing musical theater and I had written some sort of topical comedy songs more in the lines of Tom Lehrer, more about just life and I write comedy about being a mom so I thought I'm going to write comedy about how pissed off I am and so I wrote one song and thought oh you know there's YouTube now I can start a YouTube channel and send it out and I got great feedback on it and I joked with one website that posted it yeah I guess I'll do these every week and they said fine I was like okay so (laughs) what what would happen at the first few months that I did this was during the run-up to the, the the 2012 election. So I would just look at what was trending. And so, you know, fortunately, there were all these great things that caught on, like binders full of women. So I did a song about that. I did a song about Mitt Romney wanting to kill Big Bird. 
Um, <laughs> so I would do whatever was was happening, and then I just started following the news a little bit more um, intentionally and looking for what everybody was talking about. And sometimes, it, you know, I mean, I, I've done a lot of these, and you know, there are a few that have like eighty views <laughs> didn't catch on. Um, but I'm finding that the ones that catch on the most are when I'm really angry and I channel that into comedy. So, um, you know, fortunately, right-wing pundits, Fox News, Republican candidates are very cooperative and they frequently say stupid <laughs> things. So, you know, like when the Fox News host made the comment about Ray Rice's fiance, you know, I guess the message is take the stairs. So I did a takeoff of um, Shake It Off was take the stairs. I got in touch with my inner Taylor Swift. Um, yes. When you know when Fox News trumps out its you know Warren Christmas crap, I um, do song. Oh, I've done a couple funny. of Warren Christmas, um, uh, and then I'll if nothing is catching me, I'll think, hmm, what have I not covered in a while? Because um, you know it's, it's, it's all your standard liberal positions. I'm you know feminist, pro-choice, pro-LGBT rights. That's been the fun one because I started writing one song for each state that got it and then I like I couldn't keep up. It was that was really fun. I bet. But fortunately there's enough homophobes running around acting stupid that I'll probably still be able to do some songs about that. So so the process is generally Monday I start watching the news. I try to pick my topic by Wednesday. Um, record it Thursday, get the video up by Friday morning, and then start all over again. So that's, and sometimes things hit me. Um, the Actually, the homophobe tango, uh, I got the news about Kim Davis being put in jail when I was at a production meeting for a show on music directing. And the choreographer, who is gay, had had his partner tweet, uh, sent a, a text message to him, and he yelled it out, oh my God, Kim Davis is going to jail. And one of the directors there had just finished directing Chicago, and she said, we should do a production of Chicago about her. Or, Lauren, you could do something. So, you know, that, that was easy. It just got handed to me. Um, so I'm not always that lucky. But, um, but that's like yeah, one of my so favorites. Like, oh, thank you. And sometimes I'll see something. I don't know if I had posted it, if I might not be caught up with you. Did you get the... Um, my country song in honor of Southern Progressive, although I wasn't totally for you. I like doing country because I get to put on silly wigs. I did a country song called I Didn't Rib, You Came From My Vagina. Oh, oh yes. God, yeah, that's so funny. I, I love saw that. that on a picture on a sign. There was a, a sign of a Planned Parenthood protest from several years ago that somebody posted on Facebook, and that was the exact quote on the sign. And, like, that sounds like a country song to me. So... <laughs> Absolutely. I think uh, I think Tim Cormall played that in one of my appearances on his program. I think I so, think too. I, I think it was when I was on, too. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, we were on together. We crossed the streams. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Don't cross the streams. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, that, yeah, that's... You just earned my eternal respect, Ms. Lauren. Oh, for what? For getting for that reference? A, yes. Well, <laughs> just, you know... I hold I hold fellow nerds in very high esteem. Let me put that way. I have a 19-year-old son who is a drummer who was into sort of alternative jazz and Pokemon figures. And he's well, a total video game nerd, but like can quote every line from all three Back to the Future movies. And he knows every line from Blazing Saddles. And <laughs> so, yes, I, I am of, I, I respect nerds. Even if I, I keep up. Yes. He's our kind of kid. 
<laughs> yeah, he's pretty cool. And he's a complete Bernie Sanders fan. So um, I love seeing my kids. And, and then my 22-year-old is a dancer. And, of course, he had to inform me, to, much to my disappointment, he's straight. Um, <laughs> I'm a Jewish yeah. mother. I want a gay son because then he's like, come never- on, what else do I got to do? You're, you're dancing. You're in the Bay Area. Come on. He's in, well, he's in New York now. So oh, okay. I, I have a kid in musical theater and he's not gay. I don't know where I went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> try the so that you did. Gosh, uh, I tried. I really tried. <laughs> You you know you you hope for the best for your children. I I hope that thanks you get huh? I know. Heartache. Oh well, you know I still love him even though I disagree with his lifestyle choice. I know, <laughs> but it's not his choice. You know I realize down deep, no matter how much he wants to change it, he's he is straight and he can't fight that. So he was born that way. Oh, well. <laughs> yep, he was born that way. He did not choose it. I know he did not. I do. You can't go along behind you getting your clothes picked out for you. Yeah, no. Oh, well. Hey, you know what? I still love them. There you go. That's a good mother, I have to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, I have to give my kids some credit. I've wrote a lot of songs about them, and you know, I've performed in their community, and I do a whole routine about teaching them about the facts of life. And it's based on true stuff that I just exaggerated. But they've had to sit in audiences with friends of theirs listening to me talk about having the talk with them. So, <laughs> and they're pretty I, I, I thought, I thought you were talking now. about the uh, this 80s sitcom starring Charlotte Ray. I'm sorry. Oh, oh facts of life. <laughs> that's hard to... That's no, really I actually... I didn't actually think that, just in case anyone's wondering okay. how crazy I am. <laughs> I kind of. I wondered that. how. I wondered how your kids, you know, took that when you were doing stuff like that. You know? They actually, you know, they're pretty supportive. Um, they've been in a few of my videos, not in a while, but actually, I did one when Ireland got marriage equality. Um, a friend of mine and my 19-year-old did a little bit of bad river dancing with me in that video. So I'll post that one, even though it's kind of out of date. But um, they're pretty good about it. My 19-year-old, when, when I guess I swag, well, he was 16 when I started this. And I was trying to up my views. And he said, you know, Mom, don't get your hopes up. Because you, you do know that anything over 100 views is viral for old people. So I've used that line because <laughs> a lot, and of course, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not Gangnam style. I'm not, you know, Taylor Swift does not have to worry yet. But not yet. Now, you know, I've got a, a, over a thousand subscribers, and the the I didn't come from your rib song got caught, kind of caught on with some Planned Parenthood people on on Twitter. So that's over a hundred thousand views, and the homophobe one is over ten thousand, and it's posted on a gay newspaper in the in the United Kingdom, which is like I've got British fans now, so wow. they they're excited for me. But then they yeah. also want, okay, does that mean you're going to make any money? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not yet, but oh well. I hope you get to. Yeah, I actually saw where they they shared it on that that site in the UK, and I was like, wow. Lauren is just blowing up, and I'm glad that people around the world are able to appreciate you as much as we've been able to. Well, thank you. I just have finally got myself set up, so now each time I write a song that's not a parody, I will have it on iTunes available as a single. And actually, the Homophobe Tango, even though everybody knows what it's a parody of, is not actually the tune of Cell Block Tango, so... 
um, I can sell that one too. And so, yeah, I mean, I occasionally I give myself a break and write a parody because there's so much easier. Um, I will give you guys a little sneak preview. I've been keeping this in the back of my mind because I keep seeing these Facebook debates between Bernie and Hillary and, you know, maybe Joe Biden, but a few people will write in any Dem will do. And for musical theater nerds and Josephine, the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, there's a big song called Any Dream Will Do. So I'll probably have to write that one. Oh, that would oh, be awesome. Cool. Yeah, so, but yeah, so we'll see. Keep your fingers crossed, and maybe you know now that I'm on your show and playing to all sorts of people in the South, maybe they'll want to start buying my singles so they can, you know, have a little secret cache of liberal music in their cars or something. <laughs> that would be awesome. It would be. I I would definitely. I I was not aware that your singles were for sale on iTunes, but I will totally buy those, and I will drive through North Carolina blasting your music for everyone to hear. Well, and if you send me your address, I'll send you a physical copy. I did an album, um, boy, a year and a half ago. Um, I had a Kickstarter campaign, which is great because I was able to pre-sell it. And it's called If My Uterus Were a Gun and Other Musical mm-hmm. Rants from the News. And I had done that song. Um, yeah, I'm, so anyway, it's got, it's got it, There's a War on Christmas, Christmas is Winning. It's got, um, uh, what else is good? Um, it has... It sounds like, though, you're not like... Um limiting yourself to like a certain election or anything you're doing kind of an all-encompassing bit meaning uh you know the war on women the war on oh yes yeah. i mean seasons it, holidays yeah. whatever i try to to vary like, naturally they come I'm, around every year right <laughs> yeah i'm way overdue on a gun control one and those are the ones where i get the really awful comments oh, oh, oh. i bet Mm. Yeah, that's oh, right. That? I always forget about the comments, but oh, Ken does a whole section about that. Yeah. <laughs> I was about yeah, to say, I know. I'm honestly, say high dive material. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're all one of these I days. I'll have to do a high di- hive dive of your of the. Complaints. I've actually we talked about that. Um, oh, cool. I think on Tim right. Formal, we were both on. I'm, I, yeah, his. I love the hive dives. Some of mine aren't funny as much as just really unpleasant. And the first oh. gun control one I did. Um, I got some really awful, you know, calling me names. You deserve to die. Somebody should put a gun in your various body. Oh, my God. And we got really freaked out. And then I looked at my husband. I'm like, look at the spelling and the grammar. I don't think these people are smart (laughs) enough to figure out where I live. They were using a clan. (laughs) And they're really more trying to show off for each other, I think. I've never had anything, you know, even remotely threatening as far as people figuring out where I live. So... But yeah, I haven't done one of those in a while, so brace yourselves. Probably one is coming, and then the the comments will be really fun. There you go. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh wow. Shoot, that is that is awful. I I haven't had to. Of course, I'm I'm brand new to this whole hosting thing, so I haven't had to deal with any com- bad comments myself so far. Um, hopefully, no Republicans tune into any Media Weekly. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, being always... huh. I always joke about the media research council listening like last night. Remember when I said, um, what did I say Co- um, about Coke as in the drink? Oh, <laughs> I yeah. I said, I, said, I said something. I was like, wait, I meant Coke is in Coca-Cola, not Coke is in cocaine. And I said, I can just see it now. Media research council writing. Lib talker Hebert confesses to be using cocaine. Oh, I bet. <laughs> they, they can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny is out. over. 
Yeah, Kenny's in the chat, and he says, wow, that's awful, Lauren. I'd love to check out the comments and see if I can scrape together enough for a hive dive. Well, tell Kenny, um, or if you, Kenny, if you're listening, um, I'm probably, if nothing huge happens with the election, I've got a gun control one that I've started, and I actually was going to do it the week of the homophobe tango, and then she got put in jail, and so I kind of put that aside. But if nothing huge happens, that's what I'm going to go with this week. Um, and I'm basing it on the Eddie Izzard quote. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but he did a comedy routine and he, you know, in his clipped British accent with the makeup and the sort of partial drag. And he says, mm-hmm. you know, the NRA people say that guns don't kill people. People kill people. But I think the gun helps. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm basing <laughs> a song on that. And I have a feeling I'll get some good, I'll get some good hive dive material for you. I, That's if nothing huge happens, you know, in the next three days but you never know and you never know gosh it's been uh... well and the great thing for me in the past you know few months as soon as people started you know declaring their candidacy I have had weeks where I'm going I really don't know what to do this week I'm just I, I'm having a hard time following you know these complex financial things and I probably should write but it, like nothing big was happening and so I really have a hard time sort of scraping the barrel for a topic now for the past few months it's been Ooh, should I do Donald Trump? Should I do the latest stupid thing, Ted Cruz? You know, there's so much material. It's I feel like it's it gets like to this, a point where you're almost worn out. <laughs> but it's like a candy store for me. You yeah. know, there's I never have to worry about finding a topic. There's always going to be something. Oh, and Kenny says, "All right, Lauren, sounds good." Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, and we'll have to have you on on Mike Checkmate sometime, Lauren. Just I'd love fun. to. I'd love to. That would be awesome. Uh, well, then we will uh, we will get to work organizing that as soon as this program is over. Okay, you you've got it. I love talking to you guys. I mean, even though everybody here is you know fairly liberal, most of my friends don't follow it as much, and you know, I mean, they basically read. I don't know if you've seen the videos or just heard the recordings, but on my videos, I always put little um, pictures within the video of little screen grabs of headlines and things because I was a high school debater and I feel like I have to have evidence to back myself up. Um, there you but go. A lot, of, a lot of my friends will say that. You actually know that the this. rules of debate, too, unlike the guys that are running for president. Oh, my debating. God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Have you guys seen the, um, the lip reading, bad lip reading of the first Republican debate? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. <laughs> I do believe I did, yes. Mm-hmm. That was this, so. I can't wait to see what they do. With, oh, there's a debate this week, isn't it? Wednesday. I think it's Wednesday. Oh, oh my yes, god, it's Wednesday. Yes, Ooh. we oh, gotta talk to Kim. We gotta talk to Kim and see if we can like live riff this debate. I know that would be great. <laughs> go go mystery science theater on the on their asses. <laughs> oh right, or like those people who do the, the the commentary, like you know, on the red carpet. I'll be like your. Um, Kathy Griffin on the red carpet talking about the Republicans. There you go. Fashion critic. (laughs) (laughs) Just look at his hair. But not even that. Can you believe he? That was a sentence without a subject. (laughs) (laughs) Rambling sentences. What is his point? (laughs) Well, I couldn't believe he had a woman come up there and say, "Look at my hair." Now that's real. She didn't touch it not that you'd want to but she kind of looked around and i mean give me a break that is not his hair well who cares whether it's like dolly parton somebody said is that your hair and she said sure is honey i paid for it (laughs) yeah i I mean if he would 
I know, but if he's making such a big deal out of it, instead of just saying, I'm an egotistical bastard like everybody knows he is, we'd just go on down the road. Well, it's It like, wouldn't be also, a big deal. He has no right to critique other people's appearances. Which oh, my God. Well, I did. I did a song for him probably again before I was with you guys, but um, a line about him calling um, Heidi Klum is no longer a 10. Oh, uh, honey, have you checked a mirror lately? <laughs> you know, it's like, if he doesn't think Heidi Klum is attractive enough for him, um, yeah, he's... And I actually lived in New York in the uh, early 80s when I was right out of college, and he was a joke in New York then. Oh. You know, oh, wow. Was that, he's he's married to Ivana back in those days? It's when he was having the affair with Marla while he was married to Ivana. And God knows who else he was having affairs with, yeah. but... His daughter? Yeah. <laughs> I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> well, he keeps talking about how attractive she is, and he'd be dating her if she wasn't his daughter. And it wasn't just one time. He no. said this over and over, and it's like, mm. oh, my God. It's so and creepy. people think they're going like to vote for you. him. It's you so know, if you yeah. think your daughter's attractive to you, she's, she's adorable. She looks just like me. Yeah. Or she's pretty. <laughs> but most of my guy friends who have daughters, especially when my kids were in high school, they're a little freaked out by their daughters being attractive because they know what they were thinking when they were in high school, which is basically <laughs> yeah. their walking hormones. And so it would be more things like, I really respect my daughter. She's, you know, and, and trying to play down talking all about their looks because, you know, it kind of, it should freak out a normal father that people are sexualizing his daughters. Oh, yeah. And exactly. He's, he's My dad so... was like that. You know, like, she's really smart. Uh, she's not really into dating. And I'd be like, yeah, I am. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like guys. Hey, get out of here. Oh, really? my gosh. Well, I, I hate to interject, but we are going to have to run to a very, very, very quick break because we want to get back to this conversation with Lauren Mayer. Uh, but stay tuned and we will be right back with you here in just a couple of minutes. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. One of the issues I don't think we hear enough about and really can't hear enough about is preparing our students and our people, particularly those who have lost jobs, for the jobs of the future. We need to make sure that our education systems are in place. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. <laughs> Tune in to Inside Indie Media Weekly with Kim Williams right after Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, Tuesday nights at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, where you'll find conversations with Indie Media Weekly show hosts, contributors, and listeners. Get the latest station news and hear new artists featured on Indie Media Weekly. Again, listen to Inside Indie Media Weekly with Kim Williams, Tuesdays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on IndieMediaWeekly.com. Don't miss Musical Mayhem with Lauren Mayer. Topical comedy songs and commentary from your friendly local humorist, songwriter, and opinionated Jewish mother. You can catch the show right here on Indie Media Weekly on Mondays and Wednesdays at 9.30 a.m., Thursdays at 8 p.m., right after the Tim Coromall Show. 
You can catch my weekly comedy videos on my YouTube channel, Psycho Supermom, and order CDs through most major retailers as well as my website, laurenmayer.com. So join us for Musical Mayhem, where music, politics, and comedy intersect. So new? You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. Too busy giving tax handouts to large corporations, the Republicans haven't been working for the middle class. And as a result, many families are still struggling to make ends meet. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. All right, everyone, welcome back to Southern Progressive Revival. Uh, In case you were not here for the bottom of our second hour, we have Lauren Mayer on the program. Uh, You just got to hear her promo, which I was very, very happy to be able to air for all of you. Uh, I think it's one of the more witty program uh, promos here on Indie Media Weekly. And uh, I quite enjoy it. And uh, I'm so far enjoying our conversation with Lauren. So welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. And, of course, joining us as always are uh, Janet Lee, Ms. Producer, from Lake of the Ozarks area, Missouri. Hi, everybody. Our special guest host, Deba Kell from Lodi, California. Hi. And Adam Sorry, Hebert. choke from the smoke here. it's terrible out there right now so hopefully that will clear up soon i really do hope so um and last but not least adam hebert from enterprise alabama hello all right so let's jump back into it shall we now lauren something that um actually i had not planned as a question but since I'm a resident of North Carolina and I have a family who, with the exception of my mother, is largely Republican. Um, every year I'm so around... sorry. <laughs> it's okay. You know, it's, it's a burden that I have to bear, but, you know, I, I make it through it somehow. And, um, <laughs> but uh, every single year when, when Christmas time inevitably rolls around, the arguments come up on Facebook um, I, I know that you've said that you've done uh, a couple songs now about the quote-unquote war on Christmas. Um, and I was really curious because um, I've actually never had the opportunity to talk to um, someone of the Jewish faith about it. Um, but where, where I've always stood, and please correct me if I'm wrong because I'll completely change my strategy, Um is that there's nothing wrong with happy holidays because you you have Thanksgiving you have you have Hanukkah you have Christmas you have uh, New Year's there's so much going on that time of year that I I feel like such a, a small concession is is not really asking for a whole lot and considering how much Christmas has become a commercial holiday how everything starts rolling out so early and and earlier every year there's already Christmas stuff at the Walmart here in town. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, what what essentially do do you take away from from all that, and and what what is your perspective? Well, I am not trying to change the fact that the vast majority of people in this country celebrate Christmas either as a religious or a secular holiday. You know, it is a national holiday as far as being a day off. I get that. I'm not trying to change that. But when pe- and so if people say Merry Christmas to me. 
I'm not going to bite their heads off. But when stores make that little concession and make it Happy Holidays instead of Merry Christmas, it makes me feel a little less excluded. Um, and like you said, it's not like it's an offense to Christmas. It's saying all of the holidays, including Twelfth Night and all the various other holidays of various ways of, of you know celebrating Christmas. So to me, it's a like you said, it's not a huge concession. I'm not saying take down the Christmas tree at the mall. And I play a, a, a ton of Christmas gigs. I mean, I know more words to Christmas carols than a lot of Christian people because I'm a musician and, you know, I do that. So, but when, when an a, a attempt to make things a little more inclusive gets ridiculed as part of this war on Christmas, that's what I, that, that's just what fries me. Because I do remember as a kid, and I was the only Jewish kid in all of my classes, and, you know, at the time it was a Christmas pageant. They didn't have the, you know, and now when I teach school music, they ask us not to put religious music into the concerts, which, again, I could still do Jingle Bells and, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and a lot of the secular Christmas stuff, but, you know, Angels We Have Heard on High could be offensive to somebody who's not celebrating Christmas, and... Mm -hmm. And it, so I was one of those kids who would have really appreciated it at the time, you know, that maybe allowed it. There might be somebody who doesn't celebrate Christmas and that doesn't make them a bad person. So the war on Christmas stuff, I mean, come on. They, so, yes. Does that answer your question? As I rambled and kind of got on my high horse. No, no, it, it absolutely answered my question. And I'm glad that I've I've been fighting it the right way. So it, it's good to have an endorsement from Lauren Mayer. Um, yes, and actually, I'll plug in another album on that subject. Um, I wrote, actually, I have a, another sort of a hit song. I wrote a novelty song called The Fruitcake That Ate New Jersey that got played on <laughs> NPR as an example of bad Christmas music. Uh -huh. And through the interview that I did with them, I joked about a Hanukkah album, which I did. And I thought when I started writing it, it was just going to be fun songs about Hanukkah and how when you make potato lockies, it smells up your kitchen. But I wrote a couple of songs and showed them to a friend. She's like, you're really pissed, aren't you? Because I wrote a song called um, The Jew in a Gentile World Blues. And I wrote a song that's a spoof of the Band-Aid song. And it's called Don't They Know Not Everyone Does Christmas. And just kind of basically saying there are some Jews in this country and other religions. And, and I hadn't realized how angry I was until I started writing the songs. So, yeah. I, there, so, it, yeah, it's hard. You feel really outnumbered. And it's when people make that little concession like you do, it, I, we really appreciate it. It's just something that I... I don't understand how we can't, and and I'm a Christian. It's something that you know I, I own up to. I'm I'm not ashamed of it because I'm not a fundamentalist wacko. Um, but I I can see what it would be like to be in a country where Christians are a minority, and how much right. it would be terrible to not be able to celebrate Christmas. I I can relate to that. Um, and, and being surrounded by, by everything else and, and this sort of noise and it's all over the TV, it's in the stores, it's it's just everywhere. Um, it's going to be in about two weeks you're going to start yeah. Christmas shit. Jeez. I guarantee it. Yeah. I mean, even the people I know who celebrate Christmas get sick of that. Um, and, and I don't mind educating people if people ask me. You know, I, my husband's not Jewish and my mother-in-law, I'm the first Jewish person she really got to know well and she loves going to craft fairs 
So if there is something that can be made with a Star of David or a menorah on it, she has bought it and sent it to me. <laughs> um, even so, to the point where I did a song about being the token Jew, and I thought, what could I think of that Carol has not sent me? Because I don't want her to be offended and think I'm writing about her. I thought, potholder shaped like a dreidel. So I put that in the song, and I, she sent me a potholder shaped like a dreidel. <laughs> <laughs> So do you, do you decorate your house in, in all her regalia when she comes to visit during those holidays? Well, fortunately, she lives in Long Island, so we don't see oh. her that often. So, and, you know, the thing that people have to remember, Hanukkah is a really minor holiday for Jews. Mm-hmm. It's gotten all blown out of proportion, but we have a holiday every 15 minutes. Um, That's as a matter true. Of fact, Isn't there something going on right about now? Rosh tonight, tonight is the start of the High Holy Day, so tonight's Rosh Hashanah. Um, the start of it, which is the Jewish New Year, but and that's a big one. Yom Kippur is a big one, and uh, Passover is a big one. But then there's like 25 other ones, and mm-hmm. so Hanukkah's way down there. Hanukkah is like Arbor Day, and so it's just that it happens around Christmas that yeah. we think it's a biggie for you guys. Yeah, so. exactly. And it's become a biggie because it's you know the way that we can sort of fight back a little bit. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take, you can take your Christmas right here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel that. I'm grateful for Christmas. I get gigs. True. There you go. And, and you can work when nobody else does. So that's exactly. always superb. I've, so, you know, I've had people come into my house and it's like around Christmas time and they're like around, they're like, where the hell's her tree? And it's, it's, some people will say it. Some people, most people won't say anything, but you can tell that they're looking. It's like, I see not a single decoration here. Oh. Mm-hmm. You don't have your Santa Claus toilet paper out? No. Oh, wait, oh, I, I used to that. have a I'm snow globe. I used to have one snow globe, but after about 15 years, the water sort of started to, like, go away. Yeah. So I, I threw it out. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. Oh, my gosh. So, so I do have to ask, in, in regards to your husband, would, would you say that you kissed a goy and you liked it? Oh, <laughs> Go to your room. About what you've done, and actually, he's my second boy because I really my first husband, who is the father of the kids, um, was a non-practicing Italian Catholic, and my second husband, he actually is a Catholic cantor, which really confused my family because he's a cantor, but he's not Jewish. He's a church singer, and if you if you've gone on my channel, he sings on some of my stuff. Um, we actually just finished a cabaret show this weekend, which is why I sound like Tallulah Bankhead. <laughs> we did a huge show last night, Friday night. Yeah, he's a singer, and and yes, I liked kissing both boys. There you so, go. Yeah, that's uh, you. And actually, I will give you this. That's the first time I've heard that. <laughs> so. <laughs> Either means you're brilliant or you're really warped. <laughs> Boy, if you want to run with that concept and make a song, I will not stop you. But <laughs> I actually, oh my god, I hadn't even thought. Okay, I will give you royalties on that if I make any money on it. Okay, great. <laughs> it has to go. I have to do that for Hanukkah this year. Oh, that Janet, would be fun. Get out your special paper and notarize that. There yes. you go. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh okay so did I get all your questions answered <laughs> <laughs> yes you, you definitely did answer them and and we have um, I think we have a few more that, that Janet got here for you if oh, you would like to take the floor ma'am 
Well, I wanted to ask, what is it like working with your husband? Does that cause, I, I mean, I'm not married anymore. I'm divorced. So I couldn't imagine working with my ex. <laughs> I so did sitting... with my ex. With the, let's just say this guy's husband 2.0. I call him the new and improved version. I would not have liked it. And I did work some with my first husband. It was awful. Um, we don't work full time. And we were talking about that in the car on the way home last night. Part of why it's fun is that we don't get to see each other that much unless we're working together. Um, remember, I live outside of San Francisco. We have the most expensive rents in the country. And mm -hmm. we are not homeowners. We're renters. So we have to take every gig we can. So, um, so yeah, if I were working with him full time, we'd probably get on each other's nerves. But I picked way better the second time around. So I, can I hold out hope for you? Maybe you'll, you'll find a 2.0. <laughs> I doubt it. I'm it's, afraid. Jan, it is hard when you get a little older, too, because when they retire. Oh, that's why you see my husband's yeah. young. I'm a cougar. Oh, yeah. my oh. husband's two years younger than me, but he retired three years ago. I'm like, oh, oh. man. Well, they make oh, no. air traffic controllers say... retire early. So, well, you know what you should do: move to the Bay Area because then you will never be able to retire because you will never be able to afford to retire. <laughs> <laughs> he, he used to work the San Francisco airplanes, but we had to live over here. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Well, your oh. husband is very good looking. I've seen a picture of the two of you. Oh. So. Thank yes, you. I really think so. Not. Now that picture, so, I think if it's the one for our cabaret show, it's a little old, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> those are those are those are the best ones, though. <laughs> yeah, but he's still pretty darn cute, I think. Yeah. So, what do you like to do when you're not making music? I mean, what do you to do to kind of keep going? I mean, what do you do, or what does he do? Do you have like uh, hobbies? Not really, because we don't have any time. I mean, seriously, we both work seven days a week. Um, I like I, I, my exercise is I take dance class and and I teach a beginning tap class, so that's fun. I mean, and it's exercise and it's a little bit of a job, but at that I do for fun. Um, and that's basically, you know, we like we're really boring. We don't do much besides work. But on the other hand, our gigs are really fun. I mean, we got to get dressed up and we were at a club in San Francisco last night. And so, yeah, basically all we do, I mean, we're really boring. <laughs> we work. Well, you but said you've been at this, yeah, 35 years. <clears throat> and so, and that you were teaching. So the teaching part of it is, uh, tap dance well no I teach or, a tap I, class I'm a vocal coach I music direct and direct for school theaters I also uh, write special material for like I'm working with a country club right now that puts on an amateur show of their members but I write it and music direct for them um, oh my gosh so yeah I just I work 20 different jobs but you know again nothing I do is boring and I get to work with some nice people I have a great gig uh, working at the San Francisco Conservatory of Music. They have a program teaching opera singers to sing musical comedy. So I'm working with these amazing but they sing English like it's a foreign language. So oh. I'm teaching them like, <laughs> is that, is that um, uh, located over in the ACT area over on Geary? Is that where that no, is? No, it's, it's, it's not quite. It used to be there. It's over on oh. uh, Oak Street near the... Um, okay. uh, like right near Market and Van Ness. And we had a guy come in, this beautiful voice doing a song. I don't know if you know the show Avenue Q. 
there's a puppet, they're like Muppets, and he's singing, what do you do with a BA in English? It's like, you're supposed to be a puppet. You can't have that big a voice. So it's, it's really fun and great to work with. So, yeah, I feel really, as, as crazy as our lives are, and as much as, you know, we would both love to be independently wealthy, I feel pretty lucky to do what I do, and I have this great creative outlet, because, frankly, my my songs and my videos that's my hobby that's my fun um although you wouldn't know it because i filmed them all by myself i put my flip camera on a tripod i'm usually lip syncing because i pre-recorded it and my videos are me singing and then swearing and i'm you know i forget a lyric or something goes wrong or hair gets in my face or the dog barks and ruins the take no (laughs) but but it's still fun (laughs) oh wow and uh, I think you put this on here. Um, what issues in the South are the most important to you? Because I think everybody, whether you live in the North or the South, have concerns for the other areas, like the West. Yeah. I kind of always feel like California is going to save us, like on election night. <laughs> <laughs> We're I here to help. I, <laughs> I feel for you guys. I... Um, you know, I look at what was going on in North Carolina with those Moral Mondays and like states like Texas where you're not going to be able to get any kind of, you know, abortion or probably even, you know, women's health care. That scares me or the states that are making it harder and harder. I guess women's access to reproductive health care and voting suppression are the two things that concern me the most that I see a lot in the South. Um, yeah. That whole, I did a, I'll post that, voter fraud is a fraud. I did a whole song about, like, there's no voter fraud um, no. To, to speak of. So those are the things that I, I'm i watching in the South. But if you guys think of issues that are really starting to bother you, please tell me. Because I, I have done songs based on on people's suggestions, like this, the Selbach Tango one. But, you know, somebody once said, oh, can you do something about Putin? So I did a Putin Russian songs. So yeah, if any, if anything, you guys tell me. I love getting feedback. Yeah, and see, for me, those are issues with me, and then of course the fracking and the things that are happening to our environment. Yes. And of course, you know, I don't know if you heard, we talked about Kentucky uh, allowing a permit user to just dump into the Ohio River, and it's killed the fish, and yes, made it as a warning: you're not allowed to eat the fish. Oh, wait, like, that's, a, that's a great solution. <laughs> yeah, just don't eat the fish because they're full of mercury. Just kind of look at them as they're dying off, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. like in Missouri, they keep saying, oh, there's not voter suppression down here. They're not targeting women. Um, the thing is, when I went to go get my driver's license, they had made it so hard for women or voter registration. I had to go took me $200. I had proved that um, I had been born, that I'd been married, that I'd been divorced. Then I had to bring a notarized page with my the judge's signature that it was okay for me to go back to my maiden name. And all of these things are in different places. It took me about $200 and probably four or five different trips to different places to finally get all the paperwork. And if you don't have the money or the transportation right you're not going to keep doing that and some of these towns are making it so you can only go vote in one place well if it's more than 
5, 10, 15 miles away and you don't have transportation and they're not allowing buses, you know, the the Sunday buses anymore, how are you supposed to get there? I know. You know when they're targeting. The, the point is you're not supposed to get there. They're counting on you to say, screw it, it's not worth the trouble, I'm going home. Um, it, it's basically, you know, it's directed at Democrats, but, you know, minorities tend to vote for Democrats. So it's basically, you know, don't be racist, but don't look like you're being racist. In other words, racist casually, I guess, you know. But it's still targeting women because, also, because well, yeah. men don't have to prove lineage. Right. No. Well, men are not no, generally right. the ones that change their names. And right. That, but, I mean, there's that, and then making, you know, all no. the other things but, to make it harder. But if you look at the list, uh, you know, like in the red states that have imp- implemented voter ID, you know, the list uh-huh. of stuff that you, you know, they'll accept a firearms owner identification card, a FOID right. card. I used not to work a student ID. Right. I used to work for Walmart and I've seen these cards. They do not have a picture ID. They are not a picture ID. They're just, a, oh, uh, oh you know, it's a, bl- it's a card with the information written in ink. Okay. Any jackass could probably get one. But a student huh. ID isn't acceptable, for example. That's clearly meant, you know, it's all about getting, you know, making it as easy as possible for their people to vote and then making it as difficult as possible for people who aren't their people to vote. I mean, if you, like I said, it's nakedly obvious if you look at these lists because if it's all about picture ID and preventing voter fraud, which is non-existent to begin with, then why do you want a firearms owner identification card that has no picture to be an acceptable form of ID. Well, it's because they want the gun nuts to vote. They want, you know, the rich, you know, the, the, uh, ow, ow, sorry, I just hurt myself. Uh, you know, basically, <laughs> he's hurting it, his brain. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I okay. scraped my knee on my desk. Because you got so head up with what you were talking about. So you <laughs> were yeah. yeah, but I mean, like I but said, if you, true. you know, well, like I said, you look at these lists and you can tell just by looking at the list of acceptable right. or unacceptable IDs what it's really about. Because, again, if it's about voter fraud and you want picture ID, well, a FOID card does not have a picture. I know. Exactly. I've, I've handled these cards. Yeah, and, and when I go to vote, I bring my my license with me and I always bring my sample ballot. I don't know if you guys have that, but in California we actually get a sample ballot and you can fill it out beforehand and take it in and it has your info on the back and then I also bring my license and pretty much all I do is sign in I've never in all the years that I and I have never missed an election I voted here no. in New York mm-hmm. State and in Connecticut when I was a college student um, and in California I have never once been asked to show a driver's license yeah, they, just they don't, I always bring it but I've right. never been asked yeah. And as far as I've known, there has never been any, no one has ever come in and voted fraudulently. Um, uh, and the last yeah. one time I someone missed. said, oh, I forgot my, my ballot, my sample ballot. And I was like, and I could tell she was probably a Republican because, you know, she lived in my neighborhood. And I was like, you want to use mine? <laughs> so he turned me down, unfortunately. <laughs> but I said I got I all went. filled out. <laughs> yeah. But I, I missed one, and that was the one time where they changed uh, the voting place without any signs or anything. Oh, 
Yeah. So the next time I went around putting up, uh, you know, things on light posts and saying where the election was going to be held, and somebody came along and took them down. Hmm. And I just kept putting them up. Good for you. Yeah, really. Yeah, see, that that's the sample ballot thing. They usually stamp on the back. It's like, oh, you go over to your neighbors down the street, and then you're going to have it out in their garage, you know. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it is unfortunately drawing close to 9 p.m. I have to say, this is probably the quickest hour I have ever seen pass in my life. Um. <laughs> Thank you. Thank this you so much, Lauren. Full hour. This has been really fun, you guys. Yeah, it's been tremendous, Lauren. Thank you so so much, and I I I really do appreciate you being on. And I I thought that this was so much fun. I hope that we can get you back in the future. But I would like to give you an opportunity to plug musical ma'am if you would like. Yes, please do. Um, I, what I do is I play my song of the week and then play other songs that I've done on that subject. But I also play things from other people. So the one that's going up tomorrow is about warmongering because my song this past week was about the Iran nuclear deal. Um, basically explaining everything you need to know about it is by looking at who's opposed to it. So, I mean, if Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, and Sarah Palin are against it, you know it's a good thing. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but then I played some other protest songs and I found the original recording of Pete Seeger doing um, Waist Deep in the Big Muddy, which is what got censored off the Smothers Brothers. So I talk a little bit about whatever the subject is and play some other songs and um, and yeah, so it's a, it's a half hour of a lot of music with a little bit of explanation, and it's a lot of fun. And it's right after the Tim Cormel show, so which is always great fun. Yes, indeed. Well, once again, Lauren, thank you so much. It has been a pleasure having you on here, and I hope that you have a great rest of your night and that you enjoy your rehearsal. I will. No, it's not rehearsal. Today's Rosh Hashanah. Oh, okay. So, uh, I got you. Serve the holiday. Have a good holiday. Yes. Yes. Thank you very much. And then I will post some back catalog songs that I think will be in, of interest to Southerners on the Facebook page. And then um, make sure you guys all, I'll, I'll keep posting the new ones on there as well. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank we really you appreciate so it. Thank you all so much. It was really fun. I'm sure I'll talk to you all soon. Absolutely. Yes. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Good night, Bye-bye. Good night. Lauren. Night. All right, so with that out of the way, I hate that it only lasted an hour, but we are going to go ahead and head to a quick break real real quick before we get back for the last hour of Southern Progressive Revival. Uh, so going into this break, we are going to have a little bit more music for you. Uh, this time it is going to be the Harry Housen effect, which I hope that you all enjoy. Once again, please let us know in the chat if you like the song, and we will be right back with you very, very shortly. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. And we know Democrats support the working men and women of this country, so we understand hard work. So let's talk a little bit about ideas and how we reclaim ideas that we know win in red states. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio.
Come walk with me, Michael S. Sharball, through the broken doorway, where you will discover the freshest in pop, rock, psychedelic, ambient, and experimental musics. 11 a.m. Saturdays and Wednesdays, and only on IndieMediaWeekly.com. Hi, this is Kenny Pick, and be sure to listen to my music program, The Night Show, every Friday from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. The Night Show features a broad selection of eclectic music from my personal library, as well as your requests. So be sure to visit IndieMediaWeekly.com and find the tab for The Night Show. Join the chat and submit your requests every Friday from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern on The Night Show. Only on Indie Media Weekly. IndieMediaWeekly.com for those who dare. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. And knowing the world as I do, I can tell you without any equivocation that the number one abuse of human rights on earth is strangely not addressed quite often is the abuse of women and girls. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. All right, everybody, welcome back to Hour 3 of Southern Progressive Revival. Uh, Joining me, as always, is Ms. Producer, Janet Lee, and do not think that I forgot about your jingles. We are going to go ahead and play that for you right now. Janet became a star, literally overnight. She had not gone looking for fame. Fame had found her. I know that I cannot put up with a whole weekend of your archaic views. You don't want to make me mad now, do you? It is never too late to run away. Janet Lee on Southern Progressive Revival. Well, I am a modern woman. I'm more afraid of her than I am of you. All right, Janet. (laughs) I love that. I know sometime I'm going to quit giggling when I hear it, but it cracks me up. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Hi, Janet. Hi. There you go. And, of course, Adam Hebert out of Enterprise, Alabama. Welcome back, Adam. Uh, Glad to be here, sir. Thank you so much. And our very, very special co-host, who was happy to join us at the last minute. Uh, I could not be any happier to have her. I I think that getting her here on Southern Progressive Revival is truly a gift both to us uh, and to all of you. Deba Kell from Lodi, California. Thank you. It's an honor. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, ma'am. All right. <laughs> well, good golly gosh. All right. <laughs> well, without any further ado, now that we are here in hour three, we are going to take a gander at the soapbox. And tonight we have two very exciting bits of news to provide you. Uh, but before that, we have news about a runoff down in South Carolina, just south of where I am. Uh, and to bring you that wonderful story, we turn to Janet Lee. All right. Um, on the 15th, K- 
Kenneth Hodges and Margie Bright Matthews are going to be facing a runoff election for the seat left by Senator Clementa Pastor Pinckney. He was assassinated in his church June 17th, and that's the, of course, infamous or famous Emmanuel AME Presbyterian Church. Um, Matthews was elated because she was doing so well against a sitting senator of 10 years. She got 37% of the vote. And she was, Matthews uh, raised 80% to run her campaign. Um, and she was able to get the endorsements of the, the Democratic Party and Senator Pinckney's father and sister. If she gets to be elected, she'll be the second woman in the state Senate and only the only Democrat ever, Democratic woman. Uh, Representative Hodgins came in second with 35% of the vote. He wasn't able to raise as much money, but he has name recognition. He has the endorsement of South Carolina Chamber of Commerce and the Conservation Voters of South Carolina. And he received the Better Business Advocate Award. So on October 20th, everybody needs to get out and vote for either Hodges or Matthews who are going to be then facing Alberto Fernandez in a special election. Yes, indeed. And I have to tell you, it gives me a little bit of pleasure to know that there could very well be a Senator Matthews. Um, you know, this, this hearing my I'm name hoping. in that capacity. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm I, hoping probably, because... Probably a relative. You never know. You never you know. know. I always push for the sisters, you know. Let's go, girl. Absolutely. We definitely need more women out there. And, and the fact that she did so well, um, that she raised so much money, that she got those crucial endorsements, I think is awesome. It's going to be really fun to see how the, the runoff election goes on Tuesday. I'll certainly be watching that from here. Um, but Next yeah. month, October 20th. Yeah. And the other thing, too, was Hodges apparently is in bed with the big business because all of his endorsements came from... You know, conservation voters of South Carolina, mm-hmm. South Carolina Chamber of Commerce, um, you know, Advocate Award. So, yeah. You use those special words. They're like, Deba, I know you, your, your ears weird. go up. It's like family or freedom or wonderful yeah. goodness or, I, you I know, think purity. He might be, yeah, he might be kind of a dino is what I'm thinking. Yeah, I sure I sure hope not, but I think that uh Matthews definitely has the credentials and uh yes. to to see her win this would be great. I mean, she she raising $80,000 for for this campaign for a state senate seat. That's that's pretty impressive. Right, and she has the Charleston County Democratic Party support and Pinckney's family. So, you know, I'm hoping that helps boost her over. You know, yeah. just keep going. Yeah, I certainly hope that it does too. Um, but, but Deba, um, of course, Janet, uh, being our resident warrior feminist, as we <laughs> uh, allude to in her jingle, um, do, do you uh, generally support the idea of getting more women elected to positions of higher power? Um, if they're democratic and liberal, yeah. If they're pretending to be Republican and staunch, which you do see some of those ladies, and mm-hmm. I don't know if they know who they really are. What do you think about that, Janet? 
when you see a, another yeah. woman who's like really blatant, it just drives me. Yeah, I don't it just understand. drives me insane. Yeah, I just want to go up and smack him upside the head. When I when mean, I hear of women supporting Trump, I am totally flabbergasted, appalled, absolutely appalled. Mm-hmm. I just want to go up to him and shake him. So I, what I don't is wrong with you, really? I, I I had a roommate and it didn't last long. Uh, she loved Reagan, and this was back in '81. She's like, "Oh yeah, I campaigned for him." I was like, "Are you fucking nuts?" Oh no, he's great. And she says, "What this country needs is a good war." And oh. I was like, "Really? Are you kidding me? You have a sister who's a year younger than you." And we were like, I was like 23, and she was maybe 22. And I have a brother who would go to a war. You know, that's really nice of you to say. We need that for yeah. our, our economy to be great. Is a war. Oh. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, it was. It's it's disheartening. You know, when you see another female talk that way, especially when they took advantage of all the other things, the good stuff that the liberals gave them, like the ability to get divorced or have an abortion, which this girl had of both, you know, uh, you know, exactly disturbing, exactly and irritating. If I was Lauren, I'd write a song. Absolutely. Hopefully she's still listening and she'll write a song about it. (laughs) There you go. But yeah, just oh gosh, I mean, I'm I'm naturally not not a woman, as you can tell by my my voice. But um, of course the name doesn't help. But yeah, it it just wait 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 wait. are are you saying you're a man? I I am. (laughs) Isn't that shocking? I am shocked. Shocked. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I I, manly man. Come on. Yeah. Yes, indeed. I. I. I wake up each morning and cut down trees. I, I am a lumberjack. No. But, uh, <laughs> but I know yeah, that it don't just... Don't make me sing that song. <laughs> Gosh, we'll get some more music on the program. That would be fine with me. Yeah. So... <laughs> I will spare you. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, even, even as a guy, just, just looking at individuals like Sarah Palin, um, I, I think the thing oh. that... Yeah, I know how much Adam loves Sarah Palin, um, particularly after this all the word salad. Like being tased in the balls. It is very, very much so. Actually, I think ta- being tased in the balls is probably a, a far more pleasant experience. <laughs> the, the stuff Ken played on Friday, I, 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 I had to pull my earbuds out my ears. <laughs> it was making my ears bleed. It hurt really bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It and is... I'm getting to the point when I hear her, I don't even understand a word she says, and I don't even try anymore. I know, I'm just like, like nobody understands a word she says. <laughs> it's like it's like what have you smoked? What have you drank? Are yeah. you really that dense? I, I know. It's just every every single time you speak, you you just want to ask. Are you stupid or something? So uh, yeah, but I think that she's made abundantly clear that she is. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, she's she's just working I think against. She's taken a few too many um, uh, what are they, pharmaceuticals? Yes, they can indeed. really mess with yeah. a person's mind. They can. She just like <laughs> whoa, whoa, yeah. Or they've, they've had a lot of thong dresses in their family. Maybe I don't. Yeah, know. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe she knows somebody in the pharmaceutical industry that does testing, and she gets the sample stuff, and it's like you know. Uh, 
Hey, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I think that's a good theory. <laughs> I don't know. It's I. Sometimes you wonder, right? Exactly. Every time I see her, I, I think of that show that Kenny did with, with uh, her daughter t- being so drunk and. Oh, thong gauzes. Yeah, the, yeah, the thong dress. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I can't even look at her without trying to figure out what a thong dress is. Well, I had no idea. I was like, what is a thong dress? I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Lord. Interesting times, yeah. Lord bless yeah, her soul. We got a little side. Yeah, we got a little sidetracked on that one. <laughs> Oh no, this is fun. I like this. So, uh, but but yeah, yeah, we have a we have an opportunity for a liberal woman, someone who understands uh, that that she is indeed standing for the party that does not wish to have a war on her and her reproductive rights and her voting rights. Um, possibly uh, going to be a new state senator in South Carolina. So. That is very, very good news. I, I hope that the runoff goes well. Um, we will be watching that here, and we will bring that news back to you as soon as we hear it. Um, but we have, uh, like I said, two other good bits of news this week. Um, in Oklahoma, Cindy Munson defeated Chip Carter 54-46 to 46 in a special election for the state house in a district that Mitt Romney carried easily in the last election. So the Republicans have held the seat for 50 years in this area, and it's known as Little Dixie, if that tells you exactly how conservative it is. My Um, eyebrow raised when you said that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, it just makes you, yeah, you just got to sit back for a minute and be like, well, yeah, it's okay. But um, the the seat was once held by uh, the current governor, Mary Phelan. Um, And since August, this actually makes the third GOP state house seat that's flipped to the Democrats now, uh, following the wins of Leanne Kruger-Bransky in Pennsylvania and Taylor Bennett's victory in Georgia. Uh, So this is really exciting, particularly since Carter had more money and endorsements, uh, Munson ran on making public education strong again. That was her key focus, and it worked. Um, and and Carter said that Munson worked her tail off, and that frankly the Republicans thought that the seat was safe. Um, it had always been a Republican seat, and it would always stay that way. Um, so really, even in a place where you know you have gerrymandering, where it's 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 bright red where you think that we can't win. We we had somebody that came in with a very clear message uh, that ran against the odds and managed to claim victory. And I saw a picture of her hugging her dad. It was so <coughs> sweet after the election. And um, she was just sobbing. And he was kind of like trying to, you know, be cool and patting her on the back like... <clears throat> Come on, buck up, kid. (laughs) (laughs) But it was pretty cool. It was really cool. And she went to people's houses in this district, not just once or twice, but some of the houses up to five times until they, you know, started talking to her and were friendly and Mm -hmm. let her finish her talk about public education and 
how uh, the state was starving it and we couldn't have uh, kids, you know, not have a good public education. So. Absolutely. And I mean, that that's something that really, um, you know, one of our one of our bumpers that we go out with um, is an excerpt from the from a speech made by the current uh, mayor of Houston. Her name eludes me right now. Um, but what she was talking about, you know, were ideas that work in red states because we as a party, uh, we can claim these things. We, we care about education. We, we care about children. Um, we are the party of family values. We think that you should be able to have a family no matter who you are or no matter where you're from, no matter who you love. And all of these things that the Republicans have perverted and turned into their narrative, we can turn to our advantage. And I, I think that pickups like this are showing that it does work and we can win races where people say that it's not possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, Adam, I mean, seeing, seeing this sort of thing, I know that you're in, uh, you're in Alabama, which is the second most conservative state in the union. And pretty far uh, south. It, it, it's the asshole capital of the country. <laughs> <laughs> Adam said it, um, not me. Adam, what um, enterprise is that? Like in the middle, or are you the north? Or I mean, I'm I know it's an arrow state. I'm down south, pretty, pretty far, far south. south of the state. Okay, about three three hours away from uh, Mobile. Oh, okay. Good times, eh? <laughs> I miss Sorry. Illinois. I miss Illinois. I miss Illinois. <laughs> I have a yard. You got a tent. You can you can sleep. There you back. go. I, 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 you know what? I, I, if you uh, you know, if we can like, I don't know, set up a, a studio in one of your spare rooms, I'll I'll camp out in the yard. <laughs> you just have to help me organize, okay? Deal. Well, All right. I, Oh, okay. He's saying Are you he'd like rather selfie? camp out okay. here. I'll just show yeah, you my closet. You'll clean it up. Uh, if he'd it rather... gets me out of this hellhole, yes. <laughs> I'll walk the Even dogs. in the smoke. I'll, I'll, I'll play Even in the with smoke. Sergio. <laughs> he will vacuum the smoke out of the atmosphere is what he will do. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good boy. <laughs> Let's see, Jonathan and I can't offer you that because you just be coming back into your same old place. <laughs> yep, pretty much. I mean, North Carolina's a tad bit more liberal, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> Alabama is certainly one of our states that unfortunately has a long way to go. Um, if you were out here during the fall, Adam, you could take away one of those jobs, you know, that all the, all the Latinos are taking from the Americans. Mm-hmm. You could pick grapes. Oh, that just sounds <laughs> lovely. Doesn't that sound fun? <laughs> Do I want to pick grapes or deal with stupid people behind the from behind the customer service desk at the Fort Rucker Exchange? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Life-changing decisions here happening live on Southern Progressive Revival. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I just I look, I figure, you know, get a generator, hook it up outside in the tent. You know, there you go. 
Or may or or maybe you know get one of those tiny houses if you have room on those your property. Those are bitching, are they not? Yes. I want one of those for Glenn now that he's retired. It's like, oh god, he needs one of those. There you go. Just get him out of the house for a few hours a day. <laughs> Eight to ten. Yeah. Yeah. Just enough to relax and do your thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the good old days. <laughs> Alright, but we have one more bit of good news uh, before we get to our last break. Um, another pickup in the state of Tennessee, and this is for the mayorship of Nashville. Uh, Megan Berry won her race uh, in Tennessee, which is, of course, a very, very, very red state. Um now Barry actually ran on progressive causes. She she ran as openly pro-choice, pro-minimum wage, pro-equal uh, marriage, and she presided over the very first same-sex marriage in Nashville. Um, so even though she came out there as as espousing, you know, all of the views that are near and dear to us, she still managed to win, and. Janet can tell you that that she had a very distinct honor uh, in winning this election. Yes, she was the first female mayor of Nashville. Go, Megan! Woo! Yeah. (laughs) And this just proves, though, that, you know, liberal policies are actually popular when you don't attach the liberal, you know, because, you know, Ronald Reagan's one contribution to American politics is that he succeeded in turning liberal into a dirty word. Yes. I mean, that's pretty much his only accomplishment. And who was the guy that used to make, he would say, liberal. Oh, he was uh, from Southern California. He was an evil, evil person. His name will come to me at some point. I remember a beard. Hmm. And it was during the 80s. Savage. Oh, it was someone evil. Nah, it was kind of blonde. It'll come to me at some point, and I will, I will message you the well, moment. Michael Savage is evil. You know, he's totally evil. I mean, he's from Insane the Bay Area. Oh, yeah. Now, Cool <laughs> says that uh, Nashville is a progressive town, so that might be why. But, but she still became like the first female mayor. Cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But even in conservative strongholds when you when you go around and just tell people that you know ask them do you like this do you like that liberal policy you know liberal policies are are always overwhelmingly preferred over conservative policies until you point out that well these are you know liberal policy ideas and then all of a sudden popularity drops because again the the one thing the conservative movement Ronald Reagan in particular were able to do well other than you know reduce the country to a smoking shit heap is turn liberal into a pejorative. And that's why I don't call myself progressive. I call myself liberal because I refuse to give the conservatives that power. You know. There you go. You give them an inch, and, they think they're a ruler. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, they, but, they, they got really cocky in the 80s. I mean, that it was, well, Rush Limbaugh got it. He started, you know, getting popular because he started in a little crappy radio station just north of me near Sacramento in a town called Rio Linda and yeah 
Yeah, 80s. Do a yeah. lot of coke and vote for Ronald Reagan. No, don't vote for Ronald Reagan. <laughs> coke is okay. <laughs> coke it's- was fine because, I mean, that was the thing is, is Nancy was like, just say no to drugs. It's like, lady, you're obviously on some kind of speed because you weigh about 10 how pounds. Else, how else were you supposed to get through the Reagan administration if you weren't taking drugs? Uh, yeah. People <laughs> were coked out to the hilt. But see, that was – the thing was is they, they – crack they didn't like powder cocaine was fine because that was a wealthy person's drug you see oh i see so that makes it okay and and, and movie stars was the a black person's drug mm. which is why yeah. that's why crack it carries a stiffer punishment than uh powder cocaine because it's perceived as a black uh, that's why marijuana has had the same stigma and Janet, if you remember, back in, say, the mid to late 80s, there was all that big scare about the crack babies. We're going to be wreaking havoc on our lives. Where are yep. those crack babies? Because they'd be adults by now. Mm-hmm. Nope. Just fetal alcohol syndrome babies. That's the ones I've seen. Yeah. mean like W? <laughs> those are probably white people's children. No, no, I'm serious, though. If you look at W, he bears the physical characteristics of a fetal alcohol syndrome baby. Oh. I think I think uh, Battle Axe Barb was hitting the sauce pretty hard while she was with... Uh, you know, you guys, I, I saw the Bush house in Kenny Bunkport before I knew that it was their house. Oh. Oh. Talk about entitled golly, you know? Because I remember driving was like, whoa, check that out. And then we went home. My husband at the time, we lived in Maryland. He was uh, air traffic controller at Andrews Air Force Base, and that was when Reagan was president, Mm -hmm. and Bush was the most traveled vice president in the land. And (laughs) they finally one day showed on the television him flying back to his, you know, little main uh, hideaway. And I was like, oh, my God, it's that really cool yellow house we saw. So you guys, if you see it, it's yellow. Oh, gosh. But it's really pretty. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's on the ocean, so yeah. (laughs) Well, hopefully we'll get it into better hands at some point. We can hope. Maybe they'll give it to you. Yeah, Babs, if he was drunk during that, it's like, uh, life was so tough, you had to be drunk. You're a freaking zillionaire. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I don't think any amount of money could help having uh, George Bush Sr. as your husband. But, um, <laughs> this j- just my thought on the subject. Uh, but anyway, we need to run to a very quick break so that we can get into the very last half hour where we get to talk about all the nitty gritty, terrible people that are affecting the South right now. So we will allow everybody to unleash and get their therapy of the evening. Uh, so stay tuned. We will be right back with you after this very, very, very short break. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. We're the people you see every day in the grocery stores. We obey the laws. We pay our taxes. We fly our flags on holidays. And we plot along trying to make it better for ourselves and our children. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. Hey, Joe, what are you doing? Repair on the GOP clown car. What's wrong with it? 
Well, you know your show. You mean the Tim Cormall Show right here on IndieMediaWeekly.com? Yes. Where each week a panel of guests joins us for a progressive roundtable discussion about politics, news, and other fun topics? Yes. And you know how we check out which members of the GOP climbed into the clown car each week? Yes. Well, there's been so many GOP clowns lately, they broke the springs. Oh, no, really? <laughs> yes. But don't worry. With the GOP presidential primary season coming up, the clown car will now have new heavy-duty springs to carry the load. So not only will our show be way better than those Sunday cable shows, we'll also have our very own clown car. Right. Now, close that garage door, Tim, before the clowns get in. Join us in our panel of guests every week right here on Indie Media Weekly. Oh, and don't forget, we have clowns. Dang it, I think a few slipped through. Tune in for the Tim Coromall Show on Indie Media Weekly Radio, Mondays and Wednesdays at 8.30 a.m. Eastern, or in prime time on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly Radio at IndieMediaWeekly.com. Be sure to check out Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern right here on Indie Media Weekly. Join me and my magnificent co-hosts, Tom, Deva, Matt, and Pete for news, opinion, and guaranteed laughs every single show. You can find us at KennyPick.com or by going to IndieMediaWeekly.com and clicking on the tab for Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. There you'll find our chat and audio feeds. But wait, you're already hearing this, so that's awesome. You know how to listen to Indie Media Weekly. So don't change that dial. Turn up the night with Kenny Pick live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern right here on Indie Media Weekly for those who dare. Light out everybody. Every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, Indie Media Weekly presents the Sci-Fi Double Feature with two old-time radio shows from the science fiction and horror genre. The Sci-Fi Double Feature, every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. (laughs) Join me for Inside Indie Media Weekly with Kim Williams, right after Turn of the Night with Kenny Pick. Tuesday nights at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, where you'll find conversations with our show hosts, contributors, and listeners. Get the latest station news and discover new indie music we're playing at Indie Media Weekly Radio. So join me for Inside Indie Media Weekly at IndieMediaWeekly.com. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. And we know... Democrats support the working men and women of this country, so we understand hard work. So let's talk a little bit about ideas and how we reclaim ideas that we know win in red states. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. All right, everybody, welcome back for the very final last hour of Southern Progressive Revival. I am your host, Jonathan Matthews, and joining me as always are Janet Lee from Lake of the Ozarks area, Missouri. Hello, Janet. Whoops. <laughs> there, can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Have to go on. Jeez, not a problem. We'll get this worked out. <clears throat> Second show. Yes, anyway, ma'am. I would hi everybody, and Kenny says um, thank you for playing the new promo. Oh, and not a I problem. And I type back, 
Yeah, I type back to say you're welcome <clears throat> since you can't chat yet. Yes, indeed. We'll we'll work that out eventually. Um, having a little bit of technical difficulties behind the scenes, which you you probably do not hear as as fiercely as you did in the last show for good reason. Uh, but we will have that fixed soon. So we will have <laughs> seamless shows, just like Turn Up the Night and Mike Check Radio coming to you soon. Um, and of course, we have Adam Hebert from Enterprise Alabama. Hello. And our special guest, Debbie Kell from Lodi, California. Hello. Thank you for uh, having not a problem. And since Kenny did mention it, uh, after our show at 10.30 p.m., the sci-fi double feature will be playing. Uh, Kenny does many, many things for Indie Media Weekly. This is one of the other things that he does. He loads these up for us on uh, Mondays and Sundays. Uh, it's Mondays and Sundays, right? Pardon? Kenny, refresh our memory. Yeah, I need I need a refresher. Kenny, Kenny. what days? <laughs> oh, the sci-fi I, double feature. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Friday and Sunday. No, no, no. We can't. We we can't one of them because uh, to make room for this. Um. Uh. I know. Let me see here. We've all drunk. Uh, <laughs> Sunday and Monday. Oh, yeah. Sunday, oh, uh, and Monday. Sunday, Monday, Sunday, Monday at uh, 1030 Eastern. So right after this program. And I forget what the what stuff we had. Uh, one of them was an adaptation of a work by uh, Ursula Gwynn, legendary science fiction writer. Uh, fi- science fiction and fantasy. Oh, um, very cool stuff. Yeah. So I did get the date rights. So that that that's good. I decided to fact check that. I'll make sure to fact check it uh, before the show in the future. But uh, yeah. So <laughs> definitely. I live and learn. You know. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but now it is time for us to work out our frustrations and to vent the anger that you all feel. So allow me to introduce "Don't Know Shit" from Applesauce. All I ask from you is a very simple answer to a very simple question. Are you crazy? Or just plain stupid? But I will ask that everyone please behave. He's a lunatic, I'm telling you. Can I help you with that? Y'all don't know shit from applesauce. All right, welcome to Don't Know Shit from Applesauce, the part of the program where we talk about those dirty folks, uh, causes, and individuals that are hindering progress here in the South. And we have quite the lineup for you this evening, I have to tell you. Um, I I don't know if we'll be able to get to both things, but we will certainly try our best. Um, So to begin with, a little story that we like to call non-Baptist need not apply. But before we get into it, I would like to go ahead and play some audio for you, which I think will introduce the story quite well. So here we go. A lawsuit over questions about religion, abortion, and marriage gets the green light to go ahead to trial. This week, a judge dismissed a request for summary judgment over the case in Williamson County. It all started when an officer of the law sat down with commissioners for a job interview. Robert Lloyd has spent 25 years in law enforcement. Now he's a high school teacher. But after close to two decades living in Williamson County, I'm shocked. He is suing the very county where he tried to serve as constable. I was just 
I was sick to my stomach when I left because I just never believed that things like this in government would go on. Lloyd says while he interviewed for the job in 2013, Williamson County commissioners asked him questions like, where do you stand on gay marriage and abortion? Everybody knows that those are illegal employment questions and they never should have been asked. Wayne Krause Yang is with the Civil Rights Project and represents Lloyd. He gave us this video of a deposition where a commissioner admits to asking those very questions. All right, so there you have it. Um, we have the Williamson County, Texas uh, Precinct 3, which has been exposed for refusing to hire anyone who did not answer those questions correctly. And these are clearly illegal questions to ask during an interview. Uh, what are your thoughts about that, Janet? Well, it just infuriated me. When I read this, I just was flipping because again, here we go, separation of church and state. And to think that this guy, and not just him, because there's other people that have signed on to this, um, were asked all of these personal questions that have no bearing on their ability to do the job it's just bull just bull and if you're not a baptist you can't be a constable are you serious yeah absolutely and it it gets into that a bit more in the next clip um but but deba what what do you think about this what you've heard so far well i remember a very uh, probably the first remember You'll marry Tyler Moore, Janet. Was it the yes. first show where Lou Grant is interviewing her, and I believe he asked her about her religion, and she says, "You're not allowed to ask me that." This is from like seventy one, seventy two. Yeah, yeah. And that's, here it that's is. That's what leads up. That's what leads up to the "You've got spunk." Exactly. I hate. Thank spunk. you, Adam. That's I love you for that. You know exactly the show I'm talking about. Because she's I like, "You're not allowed to talk those to me. shows." Yes. I reruns, that shit, reruns of those yes. shows. Yep. I own them too. <laughs> <laughs> I am a proud. But anyways, I mean, that's the thing. It's just like it's been for that people. long, and this guy is still asking these questions. That's not right. No, it's not. It's 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 just terrible that we've we've gone back to this. But I want to go ahead and get to the second part of the audio real quick because it it finishes it off nicely, and then of course you are all more than welcome to say anything that you would like. Uh, but here is the uh, second part of the report. I asked the que a question on their view on gay marriage to all the applicants for Precinct 3 Constable and their view on abortion. Lloyd is suing for abuse of civil rights. The county has spent close to $200,000 defending their line of questioning. As a teacher of criminal justice, he says that is what he's after, justice. It has been pretty draining, but for me is the reason that I got into this, so that it doesn't happen to someone else. And now we're learning why these questions were asked. According to Yang, it's because Lloyd is not a Baptist. If you don't go to the church that they go to, then you can't have a job as a public employee in Williamson County. Now a judge will decide what happens and if Williamson County will be forced to pay again, this time in federal court. So yeah, that, uh, that is an admission from an employee of this precinct stating that they did indeed ask these questions and they have the audacity to spend the money and the time to defend them. It's, I mean, how do you feel about that, Adam? 
Well, this is typical of the conservative mentality. Remember, as I said earlier, conservative conservatism is a philosophy rooted in authoritarianism. That's why all the world's most famous dictators tend to be conservatives. Um, it's all about, uh, you know, authoritarian, you know, you will do what I say, you need to be like me, you know, stuff like that. Uh, is it horrible? Yes, but it's par for the course. Yeah, it is. But I, I think what really gets me on this story more than anything is that it, it wasn't enough for him to be a Christian, which which is something that, um, you know, Janet alluded to earlier. Um, that wasn't enough. He had to be a Baptist. Um, and I actually attempted to call about four Baptist churches in the area. There are no shortage. Um, and I could not get in contact with any pastors to find out whether if you were a non-Baptist, they believed you went to hell. But um, since I did not get any confirmation on that, I, I, th I think that this is a new level of extreme where, where just being a Christian isn't enough anymore. Extreme douchebaggery. So you're <laughs> not in the right faction of the Christianity thing. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you would you would think that I mean I I can understand the the outlying denominations, you know, the Christians that have common sense, such as myself. <coughs> Excuse me, but um, you know, the, the there are are no shortage of conservative denominations within Christianity. So so being the selective is just it's just a new low i i really feel like it's a new low it's like, you don't believe in in god as as hard as we do <laughs> i don't I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what their deal is you know <laughs> yeah exactly i mean what, what do you think about it janet since you brought it up well <clears throat> the thing is uh, excuse me here oh you're fine all right the thing is that um this bothered me because when I first started teaching, I was not a practicing religious, didn't practice, uh, didn't go to a church anymore. Mm -hmm. But I didn't quite get to the part where I was calling myself an atheist either. And when I started teaching in a school, they, almost everybody there were Baptists. So I felt kind of out of the loop and um, not out of the loop you get put over on another place because you don't believe the same stuff that they believe mm -hmm. um, when you're a Lutheran you know we're kind of renegade Catholics actually I guess you want to say yeah <laughs> when when you're <laughs> when you were the ones that believed, believed in, a, in divorce right that was really the only Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know they, they and they like to drink. I mean, you know, come on. Yeah, you guys drank the real wine. They they didn't. They only yeah, yeah, Catholic. Yeah. yeah. So, but the thing is, the baptism. That's when you're an infant. Um, with the Baptists, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't count. You know, you have to get done in front of the church and the washing and all this kind of stuff and. Um. So they never ever looked at me as a Christian anyway. Mm -hmm. But by that point, I was pretty sick of the constant bow your head in school, by the way, before meetings and before this and before. I just got to the point I just looked at them. I, I didn't bow my head. I 
didn't go along with stuff, and it cost me. And were you in uh, Were you in school uh, when we next... had uh, prayer in the morning? Yes. Did you have prayer in the morning? Yeah, we did too when I was in the first grade. I wondered if you did it too. But my parents, because I was going to a Catholic, well, it was a public school, but it was oh. run by Catholics. So my dad went up there and said, you're not turning her into a Catholic. I mean, we're like two steps away from Catholics anyway. But <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, seriously. So what they made me do was go sit out on the steps. And then the class would also go right, walk right over to the Catholic Church and do Mass. So then I'd take off and go fishing for an hour, and then I'd hurry up and get my little rear back. That's kind of fun. That's kind of fun, yeah. I would love that. Yeah, except when you get caught. Yeah, except when you get caught and you have to have a fire truck come and get you out of quicksand. Yeah, never mind. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) that was quite a day. I'm sure. Hi, I'm not skipping school. I got caught in quicksand. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But (laughs) anyway. Yeah, the fire trucks had to come and get me, and the nuns were saying, oh, Jesus. It was a mess. Not the it was Alexander. <laughs> Alexander's horrible, rotten, no good day. That's what I had. <laughs> so I have always felt like that my whole entire life. So these stories just drive me over the top. I'm sure. <laughs> drive me over the top. Well, and like when you're a little kid and they like, I was a Catholic and I remember being like six and a half years old and they like put, we had catechism and it was on Saturday morning or something like that. And then I was like, okay, and we're going to walk over here next door. And they walked, we walked over to the church and they pushed us in the door and they went, wait a minute. And they threw a scarf over my head because that was when you were still supposed to wear headgear and they shove you into a, into a confessional. And you're like, I'm six. And then the priest is like, tell me your sins. And you're like, I didn't uh, wipe the dishes when my mom asked me to. And I, I, I yelled st- I at my three-year-old extra- brother. I took an extra cupcake. <laughs> that was my sin. We well, had catechism on Saturday morning, too. Why did they always do that on Saturday? Okay. <laughs> well, because they they, school, because yeah. kids are off of school. It's all yeah. about teaching them to live, you know, basically breaking them down so that yeah, they're good like, little this Catholic This is your punishment sheep. for being Catholic. <laughs> you know, you're six. There's no sin you've done. That yeah, means forgiveness. Exactly. Like, I'm six. <laughs> you know, it's all it's all about basically breaking them down and you know making them feel guilty for stuff that they have no that they they shouldn't feel guilty over i was raised catholic too i'm an atheist you can't even question because if you do you're gonna go to hell yeah right yeah don't even well that's what don't question me all all faiths do that because they don't want you thinking for yourself they want you to be part of the hive mind Mm -hmm. they want you to be part of the you know the collective you know the collective you know, yeah. and, and luckily, as a, as a young child, I kind of figured it out. So, you know, that's good. Although I, I, I played, I played it, but I didn't believe it. So, so I, I have to ask. Well, Snork says too, it's programming them before they turn seven. After that, it's difficult to inject reflexes. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's hitting them before or, or while while they're in that zone where they're able to learn so much. Yeah, because most of the other kids, it was like I would look at them and you know, in my brain, I was like looking at them and going, "Does anybody else think this is messed up?" Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's sad how many people just just take it and go with it, and, but. You know, And and the sad thing is, what I don't get is that, you know, the Catholic Church does all this indoctrination, yet they're reviled down south. Yeah. It's like the only place, you know, my mom's still a practicing Catholic, and she has to go on post to worship because the the Baptists have basically run every Catholic church out of town. Wow. Oh, yeah. We were, I I grew up in a a Baptist church, which brings me to a question that I want to ask. But before I say that, um, I, I remember. Uh, when I was a kid, being told that Catholics weren't real Christians. Um, oh yeah, that they, uh, the idolatry and yeah, the, the statues and the and the and the stained glass. And, yep, exactly. You you worship Mary and you worship the saints and. and May I uh, just point out? Mm-hmm? I'm sorry. May I just point out that the Catholic Church was here first. Therefore, everyone else is actually heretic. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, if you look at if you if you have been in California, we got some mi- missions here that have mm. been here for a long time. Yeah, they're kind of pretty that's, though. Yeah. That's why I say I'm a renegade Catholic. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a recovering Catholic. I'm recovering from from Catholicism. Oh god! I, I got confirmed, and that was the last time I've darkened the door of a, of a church, except to go to people's weddings, and that's pretty much it. So. There you go. But but I'm just curious since I grew up as a as a Protestant, and I I uh, you know, and all that that comes with. Uh, how how <laughs> okay? When when you steal a cookie from from the cookie jar at six years old. What what exactly do you have to do as far as penance is concerned? That is a good question. Oh, how many Hail Marys or Our Fathers would they make you well, do Well, let there? me get out my slide rule. And, <laughs> and, 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 um, like, and the calculator. Okay. Our Fathers. Uh, <laughs> six Hail Marys and, and carry the two. Net and one, one act of Christian right? Drop the zero. Dropped my decimal point. Uh, four point six acts of contrition. Tr- 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 oh God, <laughs> that's the long one too. <laughs> In case you guys haven't had to memorize that one, it's a doozy. Oh gosh, I, I have it. This Thanks. one is a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> it totally is. I tell that you, I. That one's for you, Kenny. That one was for you. I'll, I'll, all I can say about Catholics' capacity to memorize so much is that. The Lord works That's what in catechism means. Ways. Memorize a bunch of crap. We'll give you a fucking candy bar, and off you go. That was what. <laughs> that's what catechism was but for us. The reason why the Catholic Church is generally reviled below the Bible Belt is because it's actually, for the most part, fairly liberal. You know, they were mm-hmm. the first Christian, you know, branch of Christianity to say, you know, evolution does not conflict with faith. You can accept the idea that, you know, mankind evolved over millions and millions of years and not and still be a good Catholic. And whereas you can't do that if you're a Baptist, you can't do that if you're a Methodist, you can't do that Mm -hmm. if you're pretty much anything else. You know, that's one of the reasons why the Catholic Church is generally so hated down south. It's because 
yeah, they're, you know, let's face facts. I think, yeah, they, 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 I think they accept questioning is probably... Right. And, and the thing is, is that even if, you know, you don't follow every aspect of church doctrine, for example, birth control, um, you know, they're not, they don't throw you out anymore because excommunication was meant to be a time when if you got excommunicated, it basically was a death sentence because you didn't have that support structure to help you survive. Well, you got shunned by everybody, too, at that point. Right. You were because basically you, a pariah. Like, in a community, community where everybody was Catholic. So. Right, but now mm -hmm. that's no longer the, a big deal. The, the, they don't really get anything out of excommunication, unless, of course, you're a you know liberal politician who supports choice. But if you're a conservative politician who is against feeding hungry children, they won't even raise a finger against you. You know, even though Jesus had a lot more to say about feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, healing the sick, than he never said anything about abortion. You know, it, it's not even a fair comparison. <laughs> no, Back then, they probably not. used herbs and whatnot to uh, achieve that same thing. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. abortion was, was a common... Uh, induced abor abortion via medicinal plants was a common practice in the colonial... in the colonies. That's why it's not addressed in the Constitution. It was a common practice where if you couldn't afford an arm out the feed... Have this herbal tea. It'll, uh, you know, it, the Latinos it, do that quite a bit as well in Mexico and places like that because they're Catholic and they don't really like birth control. But you know, gotta do what so you gotta do. Drink a little special tea and. Yeah. Yep. So. Uh, <sighs> Fun times. Ah oh, man. Well, I. I had hoped sincerely to get to this last story. We... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's perfectly fine. I thought that it was it was fun and educational. I got to learn some more about you uh, recovering Catholics. And, uh, you know, for a good old Protestant like me, that's always fun. Uh, so, <laughs> Like I said, Heretic, Don't even get me just... started on the nuns, Jonathan. <laughs> oh, gosh. I've, I've heard just, rumors. <laughs> just remember, Heretic, who's really in charge. Oh. Next week we got to do Satanic Temple. This is going to be good. Yes, we will do Satanic Temple next week for sure. I'll put it at the Thank very top. Thank you very much. Not Thank a problem. All right. I think so, Cool will like this too. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and speaking of Cool, Cool Black Dude will be our Southern Hospitality guest for next week. So we will have him on for a whole hour. Do we have a, a damn hour. Yankee lined up? Uh, we do not yet. So if anybody is is still lingering out in chat and and would like to sign up for that, let us know. Uh, Janet would be more than happy to collect your information. Um, Janet, being sort of the the deba of our show, in addition we to need, being... we need to get a, we need to see if we can get feeble saying please 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 please. <laughs> <laughs> we will try our best. All Come right. on, this is my one shot. <laughs> I'm not on turn up tonight enough anymore to get another shot like this. Oh no, it's fine. We'll we'll figure something out one way or another. Uh, but let's go ahead and get this wrapped up. Um, I will turn it over to Janet Lee first for her Cyanorist, uh, everybody. Well, it's nice to be with you again this week. And by next week, we ought to be starting to roll a little better and better each week. And I think we're doing a pretty good job. So thank you for being with us. Yes, thank you so much. And 
uh, since you are our very special guest, Debra Kell, I will allow you to go next. Thank you for inviting me to be on. Um, you guys have done a great job on your show. Your preparation is excellent. Uh, it was wonderful to talk to Lauren. I think we've had her on before once, and it was nice to talk to her again. And um, have a great rest of the weekend, and I hope you have a great show next week, too. Thank you so Can't much. Wait. Yes, it, it, it was definitely a privilege to have you here. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Janet. Right. And Adam. Yes. And Mr. Adam. Paging Dr. Adam. So- I I, I, I must accidentally turn my mic off. I'm sorry. Well, thank you for having me. I'm glad I was able to make the entire show. I I don't know my schedule yet because I was off the entire weekend, but I may have next Sunday off. So we'll see what happens. There you go. All right. And uh, from me, your host, I want to thank everybody very, very much for listening. Thank you, Janet, for being here as always. Thank you, Adam, for being here for the whole show. Thank you very much again to Deba for filling in on such short notice. You were a joy. Thank you to Lauren Mayer. Thank you to Cool Black Dude, who will be joining us next week. And most of all, thank you so much to everybody who's listened, everybody who's in the chat. It was a pleasure to have you, as always. And we look forward to bringing you more content in the future. So join us on Southern Progressive Revival once again next Sunday, live from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. And do not forget about the Sci-Fi Double Feature, which will be airing directly after this program at 10.30 p.m. So from me and everybody else at Southern Progressive Revival, y'all have a wonderful evening. I've got to let you go. Thank you so much. I okay, appreciate that's it. That's good. Wonderful yeah, to see you. Yeah, well, yes. yeah. Uh-huh, right. Yeah, great. You come back and see me, you hear? Good night, Mama. Good night, Ben. Good night, everyone. Good night, Mama. Good night, Daddy. Good night, children. Good night, Daddy. Good night, Elizabeth. Good night, John Boy. Good night, Tim Bob. Good night, Tim Bob. Good night, Jim Bob.